Marty. Hey. Hello, going? Marty. Hello, hello. Can you can you both hear me? Okay. Yes. yes. Nice. I am ready to do this. Awesome. Well, well now that on. you're here, like Bray Wyatt, I am uh, released from my contract and I'm out. So you guys have fun. <laughs> right. ah, I did a wrestling reference. Mar- I say, don't. Uh, don't, <laughs> don't know wrestling. Uh, your yeah, future. He's... Best of luck with your future endeavors, as they say. <laughs> So Danny doesn't really know a lot about wrestling at all. So sure. he's he's um he's working he's gonna he's, work himself in a shoot saying he's stuff normal. like that. I he's think. regular, he's a regular yeah. he's a regular guy. So. I always get uh I feel like wrestling references though are pretty universal because they're based on like carnival stuff and everything. Like it's like I remember as a kid loving wrestling and I'd hear I'd watch like a like the Grinch when they're like, he's a heel. I'm like, how do they know about wrestling stuff? This <laughs> what is territory for, is he working this in? This is like, just for me and my friends. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I was uh, I was always happy to hear uh, references like that. I like well, read that just before getting on this podcast. I was like, I'm going to reference it at some point. I love it. I love it. Oh, some of my friends are so mad. Oh, they wasted him. Oh, you know, all oh. that stuff. But he's which the one I, that came which out with, with the, like lantern, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. See, I know it. I know it all. That's where I know in wrestling it's a big deal when my non-wrestling friends or my friends who watch with me, like in high, like junior high and and high school, are like, they got rid of that one guy. He seemed pretty cool. It's like, ah, yeah, people know who that guy is. Danny knows more than the average normie because he lived with me for a couple years, and and yeah. he's like my oldest friend, so he's uh he's had to put up with uh, wrestling for a long time. So I understand. I usually try to make all my friends uh, wrestling fans. And I feel like if you, if you lived with me, especially, it was just like, this is going to happen. You have to just like give into it. Yeah. He put up with a, a lot of pay-per-views and Dan, stuff. What beer are you drinking there? The only beer I drink. Cause I'm not a beer guy. It's Stella. Trois. <laughs> okay. I wasn't sure. I was like, is that a Bex? Stella's great. Yeah. I wish I've been, dreaming i was a beer guy lately because i keep okay. you know everything in movie there's someone like hey you want to grab a beer and i'm like well, that's not me you know they have a sex italy, on the beach in italy with uh with all their beers they'll pour it in and they pour like a little sprite in there too like for dinner it's like a dinner drink what is this a lager lager what's a stella i don't know you yeah, figure out what kind of beer regular, i like just a regular beer no okay yeah <laughs> just a beer well um yeah, so well, I guess I don't. I, we kind of introduced through way of talking about Bray Wyatt, so that <laughs> that works. Um, Danny, did you have any weird singy thing that you wanted to do at the start, or do we just want to? Do you just want to start? I mean, you have every right to be appalled with me, but I don't have anything to start that's, this episode that's with. Okay, <laughs> you you have an Alkaline Trio tattoo, but you're woefully underprepared. That was, that was an Alkaline Trio um, lyric. I thought, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> So I am definitely the um, I'm in the shallow end on this uh, podcast on this episode. uh, One of these guys? No, I don't. You got one of those guys, Danny? Yeah. I regret it because I wanted a bigger one. Like at the time, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna get one," and I'm like, "Another one? I I I should. I want the whole like." The three coffins. It's yeah, like art from Good Morning. Eric Cannon, like, one uh, of our wrestling ooh. buddies, has that one. <laughs> so it's yeah. Once you get one, though, I think like you know. You know what's what nice I, about it is an Alkaline Trio tattoo. You're walking down the street and you see someone else with an Alkaline Trio tattoo. You're friends. Absolutely. You're like, you. Absolutely. You. <laughs> it's true. 
Well, this is uh, episode 35 of B-Side Ourselves, um, and we are doing a album retrospective of Alkaline Trio's third album, From Here to Infirmary. And we are joined by a man who I, I, I don't even know. I'm going to try really hard to not flub up some sort of introduction here. We are joined by Marty DeRosa. He is my podcast hero. <laughs> this, is a, this is like a... I'm having a moment and I'm trying Gosh. to hold it in. Yeah, yeah, nice. it's, it's real. Um, but he's a stand-up comedian. He's a podcaster. He's the host of Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling. And he's also the host of Make Us a Mixtape. And then uh, formerly host of Wrestling with Depression. Correct. Um, he's a pro wrestling commentator. He's a one-time pro wrestler. Uh, yes. Hoping for a never return. Again. No, never again. At some point. never again. No? Um, and probably a million other things, um, that I'm forgetting to say, but I remember not, not the first time I met you, but probably sometime very quickly after that, um, it was like one of the first interactions we had tab was wearing a trio shirt and you said, nice trio shirt. And I was like, see, Oh, just like see, he doesn't yeah. just love wrestling. He <laughs> also has good taste in music. Here we that go. Was, so. That was when we came up with the, the wrestling heart logo, the hat you're wearing for our podcast. I wanted, a pander. I wanted uh, it to be a logo like the alkaline trio where it didn't say the name of it. But if you were into it and you saw it, you were like, I know, I know what you like. Yeah. That symbol is just so perfect. Everyone knows, you know, like, it's like, oh, the, shit. I feel like if you're a band, I bet there's been a lot of bands that are always searching for their logo. Like I, full disclosure, I went and saw Limp Biscuit uh, the other night. They played at uh, the Metro in Chicago, which is one of my favorite. It's like my, my favorite music venue. And somebody was like, "Hey, we have an extra ticket." I'm like, "I'm going. Let's yeah, go." Well, Let's wouldn't I would, yeah, I would have gone. <laughs> yeah, I had friends who were like, "How could you go to that?" I was like, or "How could you not go to that?" As just a a wrestling fan, a comedian, like everything, I'm like, <laughs> I, I have to go. Um, and, and they still have their old logo and it was just, it's like, it's very dated, their old logo with the, like, I think it's Fred. Yeah. I was just like, what's the, like yeah. yeah. And it's very dated. But when you throw that alkaline trio up somewhere, it's just like a, like a fine piece of art that just is like, ah, oh, yes, yeah, still, still holds its value. <laughs> what, well, uh, it's got that like understated, like, it's not like, it's not like the Limp Biscuit logo sure. where it's super busy. It's just a iconic, simple logo. Yeah, and, you don't I have mean, to do like, anything to it. I think about like what would you draw on your notebook in high school or whatever. It was just like you drew like Milo from the Descendants because you could do that, and it was like. But when <laughs> it's a, a convoluted logo or something way too you know way too heavy, you can't do that. Black flag, just the bars, great. You know. I was like, just thinking, what other logos that are simple, not ex not yeah. like Eddie from Iron Maiden, but simple. Sure. That when you see it, you're like, I know that band. I mean, yeah, yeah. Black Flag is what I thought of instantly. You see those four squares you're like okay yeah, yeah right or like the uh you know just the just obviously metallica like just a i feel like a great logo for a band is just something that like you should have you know public enemy has like the cop with the with the crosshair or whatever it's just like just an iconic logo is is uh, is great and for a band too that's like not you know as as popular as those bands to just have that logo that's i feel like even if you don't like the alkaline trio you're still like, oh they got a good logo though yeah <laughs> totally when you said public enemy though i was like the Wu-Tang W. Like, exactly. That's another one, too. You see that, and you're just like, there we go. I grew up in a very farmy town, and 
I really got into bad religion growing up, so I just thought the upside down cross was like bad religion. Little did I know that that's pretty much a Yikes. lot of things. <laughs> I feel I like, like oh, a, you like bad religion? No. <laughs> as a kid too, I'm uh, I'm I'm in my 40s, so it was like when you would see those logos, and and you were like too scared to ask somebody. You know what I mean? Like I remember the the DRI logo with the running guy and stuff. There were just a lot of logos back in the day for bands. Where I was like, I know it's music. I don't know what this I don't know what this is. And then when you find out, you're like, oh, OK, so it makes sense. See, in Chicago has the Alkaline Trio logo and Danny, we have the Hatchet Man, the ICP oh, Hatchet. Another Man. iconic oh. logo. Another iconic. <laughs> I mean, logo. it is doesn't have the name. You know, when you see it. Oh, man. Like, does Kid Rock have one? I feel like I'd be more proud of a Kid Rock logo than an ICP logo. Right I'm going to so, check real quick and I'm going to disagree with you because. Uh, yeah, actually, I, I agree, disagree with myself too. Now that I'm thinking very about, very cool dudes. Yeah, Kid Rock is uh, very questionable. Kid yeah. Rock's pretty shitty, <laughs> and ICP fans or ICP has actually done a lot for hey, the world. I performed at the Gathering of the Juggalos a couple Did times. You? So yeah, and they they didn't do the most recent one because of COVID. They're like, this we can't we can't. They were like one of the first people to cancel a big thing because of COVID. So um, I'm still looking up that Kid Rock logo. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. What, you, you, what are you? What are your thoughts on what it would be? Uh a trash can. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, there's like so many bad. Well, I think I found the definitive one. There is one. I think so. I think so. I think. I think this is the one. That's, oh. that's the one I kind of think of the most. I it can sucks. see that tattooed on a lot of well, like backs, it's and it's good. his name. That doesn't really count yeah. right i mean that's it's not in the same vein at least yeah no there's just not a i, I saw this one a couple times also but like oh yeah no that nothing. one yeah that's nothing no he uh if if we were like come on look at that slipknot logo perfect yeah you know what i mean like if you're gonna put your name in there but yeah but slipknot just, has just the s which people know right away you were talking about uh not Olympus. Metallica. Does Metallica yeah. actually have like a symbol? Well, I mean, not they got their name. Like the font. Yeah, like their Metallica font. You know the font instantly. You know it. But... Yeah. Yeah, it's like Star Wars, right? Like, it's yeah, like, yeah, not its thing. So, <laughs> all right. Well, well let's get into Elkline. We should let let's get back me, to the good band. We, we should let me do personal history first, because, like I said, I am the uh, I'm in the shallow end here. So, um, I'm a relatively new Alkaline Trio fan. Um, I saw them for the first time in september of 2005 playing support for my chemical romance and i remember not being very impressed with them um they didn't move around on the stage very much and at that time i was like oh pete wentz and he he hangs from the top of he hangs from the rafters while he's screaming and they're dancing all over the stage and i was just 2005 if you knew me in 2005 I'm sorry. That's all I got. Like, <laughs> so, so um, for pop punk, you had a certain. They had to do a certain thing for your, for your pop well, was, punk sort of uh, taste buds. Yeah, and I was kind of still a baby, and I and I got um, like, I was real militant about it in the worst way sometimes, and so I had it, and it and it caused me to have a hard time finding new music organically because I would be like, no, I like these bands, and it and I wouldn't mm -hmm. open my ears to other stuff. So I'm like learning about all these bands like in my 30s that I should have that I could have been going to see them in their heyday. But I was dumb. <laughs> so, um, and I, I got a question for you real quick. OK. Yeah. So I've been thinking about this a lot because like, I read something about it online and I agree with it. So there is pop punk, which is a pop band with punk sensibility or whatever. 
Then there's punk pop, which is what I consider this, where it's a punk band with pop like tones and stuff. I don't know. I mean, it's never going to catch on. People are always just going to say yeah. pop punk, but I've, I consider so many bands like Blink Way Two is pop punk. I'm sorry. Maybe their first album was punk pop, but <laughs> not that I'm getting too technical here. I but. I put something in my notes like I think that has the same energy where I said that they are, if there's a continuum and like one end of it is like all time low and the other end of it is like, you know, uh, Operation Ivy or something or like. Uh, they're like right in the middle. They're like poppy enough that they're a pop punk band, but they're gritty enough that they're still a punk band. Like they're like right in the middle of that. Uh, I was, like I, was I was shocked with how many of my like hardcore punk friends were just like, oh, Alkaline Trio. I was like, really? Everybody doesn't love these guys. They're just like, but there's also <laughs> a thing in Chicago too of that like familiarity breeds contempt where I think a lot of people like know guy, the guys in the band and there's oh, which whatever. And it's not like, but yeah, it was interesting when I when I remember like the first time hearing a couple people be like, Bleh. but there are there are, uh, and we can get into it a little bit too because I feel like this is like one of the the last albums of the like my favorite part of Alkaline Trio. You know what I mean? Like with any band, the the longer they've been around, like Weezer, how people are just like it's the Blue Album and Pinkerton, and I'm kind of done there. I mean, I feel That's like me. with it's yeah, and I'm I'm it's probably the same thing. Like when you get a new Weezer album, are you just like, all right? There's like two songs. Like if you listen to their new to a new Weezer album, you're just like, there's like two or three songs that have that like spirit of it, of the old stuff that you really liked. Because I feel like that with Alkaline Trio, like they, I feel like after this album, um, I still like them, but they go more like a little more gothy, a little more, you know, in a in a different direction. But then like when they um, when they put out the album with like she lied to the FBI, I can't think of the name of that one. That I My shame got, is true. That's it. That's it. We got back to some song where I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And Ooh. I think it's one of those things too of like where they they're like, we wanted to do different stuff, and you know, we're like, ah, we know what you want. So sometimes bands I think just are like, fine, just we're done. We'll give you what you want. We're not gonna talk about that album because that's not this podcast, mm -hmm. but I do want to say that is my least favorite album lyrically. Really? Oh, okay. Musically, they definitely went back to their roots of like that punk feel. What, like if you, what lyrically did you do you have issues with? Then we can stop talking like, about it. No, it's fine. No, it's well, fine. the track, the first track, she lied to the FBI. Mm -hmm. Dumb lyrics. The I want to be your Warhol. Dumb lyrics. Like I just want to be That's hanging on your though. wall. I mean, yeah, I, I'm with you. The lyrics are like super simple, but the songs, like music, yeah, are no, great. every song on that album is <laughs> but rocking. Like how fun is? Uh, was she lied to the FBI? Is like <laughs> she lied. She lied to the FBI. Like something. Now I'm stuck and I'm fucked doing. Federal time, time. yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> there's some no. on that. But I, I just feel I, like they got rid of their fun. Well, I, I'll get into a lot of like what I love about their lyrics this in this like, whole album. This is the album of like, yeah, because this hit me at the perfect time. Are you done with your history with this, Josh? I'm sorry. I'm, no, 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 no. Like I said in the email, I said tangents are totally yeah. welcome. Um, we will talk about who knows what we'll talk about. It's totally fine. Like, so this is just such a like drinking dude who's pining over somebody they, yeah. they blew it with like this just hit me at the like perfect time where i was just like oh baby this is wild and another uh, uh, a thing i really noticed too re-listening to all these songs before the podcast was how many of these songs that i remember the like the napster version <laughs> and like i think i got like leaked versions of some of these songs that weren't quite the finished product or 
some of them, like, I don't know if any of you ever like would rip songs off the internet and like at the end, they would just cut off like abruptly. You wouldn't get the whole end. So there's a couple of these songs that I'm like, Ooh, it's like a, like a Marvel movie watching the, <laughs> a, 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 yeah. come back after the credits. I'm like, yeah, there's more drums at the end of this. Like I thought that was it. So it was really cool hearing some of these songs again. Let me just, uh, let me just wrap what I just had. I wanted to share that, uh, I wanted to blame Danny for not uh, ever getting me into them earlier. Cause... I've had the tattoo in every one of their albums. Yeah, but you got to take me. the initiative to kind of like, <laughs> you know. I've tried with maybe bands, whatever, whatever. Get off my back. <laughs> no, and then, and then I, I um, so the the other the other interesting thing I w- just wanted to share was that at Riot Fest 2015, they played a show. They played. And I had never, I had only seen them at that one. And Tab's like Tab loves Alkaline Trio. Honestly, I, I should have had her on here too. But um, she, I said, I have to see Ice Cube. I have to see Ice Cube. I wanted to, see, I've wanted to see Ice Cube my entire life. And we missed them to see Ice Cube. And she didn't let me forget about it until we finally saw them together in 2018. And Danny, you were at that show too. Yep. And then that, uh, like in the lead up to that show, one even before that, Tab kind of like piecemeal got me into them. And then in the prep for that show, listening to all their stuff, that's when I was like, okay, yeah, I love this band. This band is great. So, you so I'm, know how I'm you a relative up. baby. 2018. Really. You fucked up at that Riot Fest because I was at it too. I was up front for Alkaline Trio. I watched half their set and loved it. They did great. And I went over and I still caught 90% of Ice Cube sets, all the hits. But I was you on the rail for me. Ice Cube. All right. Yeah, I was in the back, but still I had a good time and I got to see both. Yeah. I mean, hey, you obviously did better than me, but I, you know, <laughs> I had to be sure. I so. saw Ice Cube at the Gathering of the Juggalos. So Ooh, uh, wild. Yeah. You know, <laughs> not to keep throwing that credit around, but uh, no. We, we're taking a tally of how many times you mentioned uh, Ice Cube <laughs> or the Juggalos today. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Danny, what it, you do want to do? You have well, anything to add to I'll your? I'll just be personal? quick. Yeah, my entry point was God damn it. Uh, my friend Charlie showed me cringe and clavicle, and I was like, oh, this is fucking great, you know. And for the longest time, so you know their discography, right? For the most part, yeah. I had the gray CD with the little mixtape on the front, mm-hmm. and I thought that was one of their CDs. I didn't realize that was like, you know the first two album best ofs, I don't know. And for the longest time, I was like, why can I not find this on Spotify? Or like, I have it on vinyl still. And I didn't realize for the long, like it's because I didn't own, maybe I'll catch fire for the longest time, <laughs> but yeah, figured that out. Uh, I've, I read a thing when I was younger, it was an alt press. It said that they were pop punk for the miserable. And that's always stuck with me. I'm like, I completely yeah, I agree with that. that. Pop punk for the miserable. Uh, and like I said, the fans are fucking iconic. You know an Alcatrio fan. They're always good people for the most part. I've never met someone who's an Alcatrio fan that I did not like. You're like instantly friends with them. It's great. And and another thing I read was Alcatrio has always seemed more grounded than a lot of bands. And I do agree with that. Like even in their fame, like they're usually hanging out at the bar after the show or they're just like, like you said, they don't really move around. They're just like dudes playing their music. They're not trying to be too showy. The most showy they'll do is they'll dress in all black and, you know, look all gothy. But yeah, for the most part, just like, like priests on Halloween. That's about yeah, the, that's the, about the, the most of it. Yeah, they've never went out of their way to make like some crazy statements. They've always just been who they are. And I love that about them. 
they they have been like socio-political but i think in like in a, in a good way like you know so they're on that rock against bush yeah war Brain. great yeah. song yeah so marty i know you we we talked a little bit but do you do you have anything you want to add as far as uh, like yeah with I, I saw them for the first time in um either 99 or 2000 at a record store in um in lansing illinois which is like on the indiana illinois border and uh, I just, I, I think I, I was like, just hanging out with some buddies, like, we're going to go see this this show at a record store and then go out after that. And I was like, okay. And I asked who was on the bill. And I remembered them because they, uh, Cringe was on a, um, on a uh, compilation CD that like, I, that I, I think came with like either a magazine or I bought, uh, I bought it at a, at a record store. So I knew that song and uh i was like oh yeah i'll go see them and they just like blew me away i was just like i i just bought anything they were selling there i bought every cd they were selling um and then you know this album came out like a year later so i was like i already liked them and it was one of those like you know you hear a song from a band and you're like i don't know why i never like looked more into what they were all about that's weird i was like that one song and it was just like perfect and um yeah, they just destroyed in this in this small little record store, and uh, it was like such a great show. And then after that, it was like whenever they played, I went all the albums, all the old albums, the solo stuff. Like, you know, then we get to that point where it's like even I mean even the even the new stuff, I'm still gonna like I'm I still give it a shot. So, and uh, yeah, these albums just like hit me hit me at the right time. I was I, I feel like I was the right age for this when it uh, all came out. They were on a lot of those mail order is fun compilations. Yeah, by, that might have been it. And then also Vagrant Records re- compilations, which introduced me to so many great bands. Those fucking like, love were those them. called like Another Year Out on the Streets or yep. something? Yeah. Yeah. And then Cringe was on it. And that was just like, oh, that song is just unbelievable. It's when you talk about the new stuff, too, I, I even think about how like you listen to a new blink album now and there's a couple songs where you're like, Oh, Matt wrote this. Not, not Mark. Like you could tell you can hear. It sounds a little trio esque. All right. Uh, 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 seeing him in. Oh, sorry. We broke up a little bit. My, my computer got a little choppy, but no, I spent uh, 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 six times. So (laughs) it is so weird seeing him in, in alkaline. I mean, in, uh, in blink One Eighty Two. like to me, it feels like, like sometimes I, I I'll through comedy I know people that are on like Saturday Night Live or something and you're just like oh that's so that's Chris that's wild and like when I saw I see him playing with them it's just like that's so wild like I, he's not my friend but I feel like it's my friend that's like that got plucked to play with this big giant band it's so bizarre it is it is crazy do do you I, I wanted to ask you this um because because we 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 touched on this maybe like a little bit in our conversation about like kid rock and icp but do you so i i feel like i don't know for certain but you've lived in chicago for for how long now uh i don't know if i've been here for like man like over like 20 years okay so this so even though you're not like from chicago Mm -hmm. this you're like from chicago sure 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 at this point oh yeah for sure okay so what is it like to have like a band in the scene that's from where you're from because we don't really we don't really so have that. What what hits the most and what's the most fun uh, is when they play at the Metro in Chicago, which is like their their home base. Um, 
whenever they hit those lines about Chicago, everybody just goes like extra crazy. Like, it's really fun. Like when you're like listening, you're like, Oh, here comes the Chicago part. Like in Chicago. <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah, like, it's just, it's just one of those extra fun things. And like, everybody knows. So, Oh, I know them. I know that. I know Dan, I know Matt, you know, and they just like, everybody knows everybody in the band or they were at a thing or they used to suck so bad. Like you hear all the stories and stuff like that. But it is cool because, you know, there's just like, uh, and the bands they came from are still like so below you, Tuesday or Job, right? So they're still like so beloved. And there's just like, there are those bands that you just hear about all the time and everybody, oh, Chicago, you like this band, this band, this band. And it's just like, yeah, or like they come to town and they'll do like four shows in a row and they'll play, you know, they played all the albums. They play two albums a night and, uh, or just play like, you know, we're in Chicago, we're going to play four nights in a row and, and, um, you know, because Sarah, uh, my fiance, took her to the the Sunday one because I had shows all week, so I couldn't go to any of their shows, but I could go to Sunday. And she was like, I thought it was going to be more wild. And I'm like, ah, everyone's in their 40s now. And they were playing like four shows in a row. And like Matt's voice was all, you know, trashed. And it was like the crowd kind of sing a lot. And everybody was, he was like, who's been to all the shows? And there was a lot of people that went to all the shows. So it was feel like, I felt like I got like to the, the last like mile of a marathon. And I just was kind of like, along for the ride and feeling everybody else be so tired but it's cool it's like having a good like sports team where you're just like those are those are guys that's how it felt okay two follow-up questions uh one how did sarah like the show and then two what are your thoughts on fallout boy uh i believe she enjoyed the show uh fallout boy is like i i i remember watching so much uh fuse back in the day uh yeah. and i just remember seeing so many of their videos um i don't know like i i i think of some of their old stuff as kind of like kind of fun like it was on a lot of like mixtapes people would make or like mix cds just back in the day that you would have um but like <laughs> i i heard that like that song they did that covers the monsters yeah you know that has like the guitar and i'm just like wow this is just so wild i was never like that was one of those where I felt it was weird where I felt about them, how like my real diehard punk friends kind of talked to me about Alkaline Trio where they're like, that's like too poppy. And then I, I hear them and I'm like, now that, that to me is too, is too poppy. But some of the older stuff I, I kind of, I remember liking or, or like acknowledging that it was like super catchy and like, I could definitely tell like how they're as popular as they are. And I always thought it was funny too that like the lead singer was like way more schlubby than Pete Wentz, where it's just yeah. like he's clearly the star of the band, but he's the, the other front dude, man, even though he's not yeah, the singer. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, I always totally. think that's very interesting. Well, another follow up because I a Chicago band I love that I want to know. How about Lawrence Arms? People talk a lot about yeah. them still. Yeah. Love absolutely. fucking Lawrence Arms. They're like the they I would say as far as like on the like friendly like that's our band like they're like the kings. <laughs> they're the kings of like yes. of that of that scene because alkaline trio kind of went their own way and and through blink 182 and and just the way they changed a little bit and a lot of their older fans are like i don't like any of the newer stuff but like lawrence arms just like they always play on christmas they do like a christmas show and everybody's just like the just like destination concert for so many people i know that they that's just, how they suicide machines them. is here Oh, they're suicide machines. I I love uh yeah, I forgot they were from Detroit. Yeah, as a comic who's had to open for you know, I got to open for a lot of great comics and stuff. So you're always kind of like 
rooting for the opener. You know, you always kind of like, come on, come on. And um, I saw them open for, man, like a real hardcore ska band. Like I think they opened for the Scofflaws at this legendary place in Chicago called the Fireside Bowl, which uh, Alkaline Trio played like um, with Jets to Brazil. And it's like this legendary show where they were like so drunk and it was Jet to, Jets to Brazil's like release album party. But the Alkaline Trio were like, well, it's ours too. And it was like a whole big thing. Um, but that they played, Suicide Machines played at the Fireside and it was like, the great it was one of the greatest sets i've ever seen they were they were just like so amazing and it was off that first album they were pushing and it was just like the coolest <laughs> i i just want to say too that i um as a, someone who was a monster follow boy fan in the early days i have mm -hmm. very similar opinion where the old stuff great the new stuff what's going on <laughs> you, you don't like so, that herman monsters so that no, monsters not, song not so much oh man so, i like it all <laughs> i mean yeah <laughs> You've always I also had a love Jets to Brazil, so that would have been a good show. Yeah. Um, uh, one more thing I want to throw in: a little shout out to me. Uh, <laughs> I played Clutch Cargos the night after Alkaline Trio played Clutch Cargos, and they closed down Clutch Cargos. So I was like, I kind of opened or closed for Alkaline yeah, Trio for them. twenty-four hours later. But that was like, even though you took up some of the essence, like I did. I like laid on that stage. It was like, oh, feel the sweat. That Were was there me. any like, and, set lists laying around or? No, it was pretty know, clean. Yeah. <laughs> oh, clutch cargos. That's a throwback. That was a great cup venue. I so loved sad. it. I was getting right, this should, fucking album. Should we get into it? Okay. So, quick, just very small stat sheet. Uh, this is their third album. It was released April third, two thousand and one. That's twenty years ago. We are all very old. Um, and it, uh, squeaked into the two billboard, uh, 200 album chart on number 199, but it did get in the top 10 on the independent albums list. So that's pretty cool. Um, and that's what I got for stats. Danny. It may not be commercially renowned or whatever, but any Elkland Trio fan fucking loves this album. Oh yeah. No, I, I, I was like looking at what, what people have, like what critics were saying at the time. And I was like. These guys are being pricks. Like, what? Yeah, pricks are mean. <laughs> I mean, it's so. so funny where when you read uh, a review of like, you know, a band like this where they're just like sophomoric lyrics, and uh, it's just like, what? Wh what do you like? What do you want them to sing about? Like, you know, they're just like, it's like junk food or whatever. I'm like, what do you compared to what? Like, stuff on the radio or whatever. It's like, I don't know, man. Like, there are some lyrics that are that are kind of funny, but like, there's some that are just like. I, I think it's like some just some great lyrics and great songs. And like, I think it's just like, I, I would imagine that there's some critics who just hear this type of music and they're just like, I'm just, I don't, I don't even want to listen to this. I have to jot some words down. They probably listen to a couple songs and they're done, but it's just like, I don't know, man, there's some songs on here that are just so good. And I read, I read a review um, and it was just like, Oh, this you know, sophomoric lyrics and da, 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 these, you know, paint by numbers or whatever. I'm like, <laughs> sure, man. I want to read more of your reviews and see what, what you say about, you know, you two or something like that. <laughs> see what that person actually likes. Like what's, yeah. what, what's a glow, what got a glowing review from that person? That's Yeah. That's what I, that's, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll like see somebody do a review on YouTube or something. And I'm like, hold on. What did they think about other things? And I'll go, ah, okay, there you go. I'm, I'm now I get it. Also for the stat sheet. I always forget that Derek has not started drumming for the band at this point. Yeah. Because I've seen Elkland True, I think, 10 times at this point. And Derek is just the drummer, of course. 
but I forget that this was actually Mike Falumi from Smoking Popes. Yeah. And then, like, what? what's the deal? He just, like, didn't want to go on tour anymore or something. And they're like, okay, oh, I don't well, even we remember. Gotta, we got to replace you. There's a, a on YouTube, there's a four part uh, documentary about the Alkaline Trio. And it's, like, so much great old footage of them playing some of their first shows and stuff. But oh, and it's broken down into, like, one, because it's on YouTube, you can only put such certain amount of time on there. And it's, like, one of four, two of four, three of four. Four of four never came out. Oh. And I'm like, oh, come on. It's They're great documentaries, though. Just do, like, Alkaline Trio documentary. You'll find it. Oh, check it's it out. fantastic. Yeah, it's great. Any other stats? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I said any other stats. Oh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, the guy from the Smoking Popes, like, dipped, like, right after they recorded the album. Yeah, I think they say in that that he he just uh, didn't want to tour. Or he was kind of like, I got a job. I can't go. And they're just like, we got to go, which, you know, happens. And before yeah. we get into this, I love this album. I do have some critiques. I want listeners to know this is <laughs> like a high praised album in my world, but I have to judge it. And I was listening very heavily to it. So <laughs> as we always say, we don't know shit. We did it. So just to give you a background on why I say that, we did a, a AFI. We did a um, one on AFI. What was the Sing album? The sorrow. Yeah. And uh, AFI's fan club uh, picked it up and like retweeted it. So it's like the Ooh. only one that's like the only one that got like a ton of listens uh, yeah. or like got way more listens than the rest of them. And we got these comments like these guys, these guys don't know what they're talking about. These guys don't know shit. So now we say that on every. <laughs> that's on every yeah. You got to cover your you got to cover your ass because you never know if like a. A super diehard listens because I mean, I'm sure there's people who love every Alkaline Trio album, or you know, younger fans might have got in for at the like, you know, she lied to the FBI is like their <laughs> their their entry point of Alkaline Trio, and they might hear this stuff and be like, wow, this is boring. I like the new stuff or whatever. <laughs> so it's like you never know. But I, yeah, I I I love this band and I I love this album. This is just like just put I'm it on a- and go. I'm a little obsessed with Matt Skiba. I own Matt Skiba and the Secrets, all of their mm-hmm. stuff. Um, Matt Skiba solo stuff. Yeah. Like, fucking love it. Those, those guy, songs he did with that split, yeah. uh, with like Good Fucking Bye and The City That Day, those are like, if you, what, he's got like four songs on that? It's just like bangers. That, like, acoustic punk, like, just like, oh, that, when I heard that, I was like, what is this? I'm like, is there more? And they're like, no, nope, it's just four songs. It's like a split he did. And, it's and this like, is going to be oh, blasphemy. Seconds, right, with Kevin yeah. Yeah. This might be blasphemy to some hot water music fans. I like hot water music a lot, mm-hmm. but that split they did where they covered each other's songs. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, I, I think hot water Alkaline music is great. Alkaline oh won yeah. They won. Oh, the fuck yeah. yeah. They won. They won. <laughs> it's okay to say they won. They won. Cause I love, I love Alkaline and I know all the Alkaline trio songs. I don't know. I don't know much. I don't, I never got into hot water music that much, but yeah, it's just like, Oh, you did their songs justice. But like, man, Alkaline Trio, like, knocked it out of the park on that. All right, let's do this. All right, you want to get into the tracks, Danny? Yes. All right, so I will, I'll lead you guys through since I'm the baby. And, uh, and we, you're the baby. Should I, should I like say my stuff first so that way I'm not, (laughs) yeah, let's go ahead. Okay. All right, so track one, Private Eye. Uh, Private Eye was a single and it hit number 51 on the UK singles chart. Deserved. So, yeah. Uh, pretty cool. Um, I I like how this song like uh, 
splits the perspective i th- i feel like it like the first verses are are like a guy doing an investigation and then all of a sudden like the second verses are um like from the i don't know if it's the same guy's perspective but it's like he went from like i'm talking about work i'm doing an investigation and now i'm talking about like something in my personal life um and it might be he might have been talking about the same thing the whole time but it just it was kind of cool like how the the lyric references changed um and I really like the vocal melody on the chorus too. Um, and I, I feel like, and I don't know what you guys think, but I feel like he's saying like, I hope I don't catch you doing what I think you're doing. Like, I hope you're not doing what I'm investigating. I don't know if that's cheating or what it is, but you know, so that's, those are my thoughts <laughs> on, on this song. That's good. Good thoughts. Those are good. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think it's like such a great first song. I love, I mean, like, to me, it's just like where you put the the songs on an album, the flow of it and everything like that. Uh, it's just such a great song to start with. Um, it's like a, I, I remember seeing them around this time and then I think starting uh, the show with this song. And it's just like just so good. It's just like right out of the gate. It's just like, OK, this is like it's everything I like about them where it's like fast songs, fun lyrics, darker. You know what I mean? Where it's a little dark. The lyrics get a little dark and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, this song is like, I could see why they picked it as a single. I, you know, I agree. I think I, it's a great st- song to start with. Piggybacking off that. Thank you for saying what you said. <laughs> so Alkaline Trio to me has always been, you're going to come out the gates with a fucking great song. Mm-hmm. Every album has a great track one. So I want to ask you guys out of all the track ones, what's your favorites? And I have them all listed if you oh, don't know yeah, we <laughs> so we got private eye amazing time to waste off crimson um cringe off god damn it this could be love off good morning calling all skeletons off agony and irony is this thing cursed off is this thing cursed this addiction off this addiction she lied to the fbi <laughs> she might shave <laughs> it's true and keep them coming maybe i'll catch fire which is my least favorite i'll just come out and say it um, I gotta go cringe. Cringe is one of my favorite songs of theirs. Uh, it's yeah, to me, it's cringe or private eye. And uh, I would even go, I'll go cringe number one, private eye number two. I'm gonna go, this could be love number one. That's a good yes, one. yeah, and private eye, good. and then cringe. I love good morning's my favorite Alkaline Trio album. Me too. It's just that mix of like they were starting to get gothy, but they That's weren't fully like there. The last, yeah, because I feel like. This, I think, is the last, like, pure... Because th- that comes after this, right? Yeah, and then they did they did uh, Crimson after that, which is full-on, like, hey, we listen to a lot of Bajas. Yeah. Let's make an album, which is I love, fine. I like this, it. This addiction I do like oh, yeah. uh, as the, the first song on the album and the, the video and everything. But, yeah, Cringe, for me, it's, it's like, that's the song that got me into them. So that song always has, like, a little extra. And that's just a... I mean, like, to start off with, like... I love like a little dicking around on the guitar at first and then they kick into it. Like you're almost like, what are they just doing a sound check? And then boom, the song starts and the lyrics and the screaming and everything. And it's just like, ah, so good. (laughs) So good. Yeah. I think that's why I hate she lied the FBI so much because I, I've always looked at them as like, Oh, they got a new album. I'm going to wait. And I'm going to put the whole album in. And that first track is going to blow me away. And that song did not blow me away. Like, I, I think I got to revisit that album. Cause I, I kind of liked, it. I was kind of like, Oh yeah. Okay. We got a couple old, old school songs here. Well, don't get me wrong. Like I said, the guitar, the bass, yeah. the drums, everything yeah. on that album musically fucking nails it. I wish they just would have revisited those lyrics to almost every song on that album. 
I think every one of those songs that you said is a good song. Um, but I, yeah, I, this could be love number one and calling all skeletons number two. Yeah. That's a good shout out to calling all skeletons is a jam. Do you guys have a, uh, do you prefer when Matt sings or Dan sings or is Dan. it just like, really? Yeah. His uh, voice is more have, unique. They both I like have, them both, but I like Dan better. Yeah, I like how it's very different. They both, it's very different songs when they sing it. Um, but yeah, everyone's, I feel like also too, it's like when you have an album on and then Dan sings a song, it's like such a nice, like, oh, like a nice little change of pace or whatever. When we get to track five, I really want to dig into how they write lyrics differently because I have a lot to point out there, but I'm going to wait till we get to track five for that. All right. Well, well and it's it's worth uh, worth noting for me, um, and this this is well she'll listen because Marty's on, but uh, Tab doesn't always listen. But uh, this every thug needs a lady is like our song, so I'm uh, already like Dan is. It just gave Dan such a higher rating in my brain because yeah. of that. Um, that was and that was like my that was probably my breakthrough song with them because um, when like when Tab was showing me stuff because it was like oh, I'm like thinking about my girlfriend while I'm listening to the song. So yeah. That's that's where my my love for Dan's vocals probably started. All right, number two, Mr. Chainsaw. Um, I wrote this, and then I realized as I was going through them that I kind of have this opinion for a lot of these songs. Um, and this is not a um, a disc because I like this album, but I feel like musically, a lot of these songs sound like they could be on Dookie. Okay. Like the instrumentation, not, not, not the lyrics or the vocals at all. Um, they're not pretending to be British like Billy Joel, Bill, Billy Joe does, but um, they, I just feel like, I don't know something about the way it hit me. Um, but, and this song, you know, as he says in the end is about growing up and putting things behind <laughs> you. And I feel like, do you do either you feel like you get beat over the head a little bit at the end where he's like, in case you're wondering what I'm singing about, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm very curious. Like, there has to be a story behind that of like some like somebody was like, but what's it about? And he's like, I have a lyric at the end that'll explain everything. Like, as I was listening to it today and and I was just walking around listening to it. And when he said that, I it just. It, to me, it felt like a DVD commentary of like, if you didn't know this scene, uh, we're we're doing like a Christ thing with Superman here, just in case you didn't notice. <laughs> yeah. I love how he sings it at the end. He's like, in case you're wondering what I'm singing about, it's like, we all know what this whole album is about. It's about growing <laughs> up and, you know, getting drunk and stuff. I, I, th- I actually, I wrote, I said the end of this song was kind of weird and it kind of felt like the song needed to be longer and he didn't know what he wanted to put at the end. There's there's something to the end of this. Yeah, where you're just like, it almost feels like, uh, you know, in Stripes, how the end of Stripes, you're like, why did they need that whole part where they go to Russia? Like, that's just so weird. It's a perfect movie. Like, that song is just great. And then at the end, they add that part <laughs> on it. I feel like it's just this extra part where I'm like, oh, okay. It was just weird. I kind of thought like, it would be fun, a fun bit if, like, after every song, they're like, "In case you're wondering what this song is about, it's about this. <laughs> it's about my alcoholism." <laughs> a fun yeah. thing that you just did—you threw it back. So before you got on the podcast, we were talking about Bill Murray for the longest time, and I was thinking about Stripes, and then you brought up Stripes. So. Hey, there you go. Yeah, um, we were talking about how Bill Murray's in the new Ghostbusters, and we're excited, but we're bummed that we've spoiled it for ourselves. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> 
like I remember when he showed up in uh in uh zombie land. Someone's like, There's a cameo. We yeah, also we talk about that, about that too. And I'm like, who's in this cam? Like, who's this cameo? And I'm just like, Whoa, I was so happy I didn't know that he was in that. Greatest cameo of all time. It could be, I think. yeah, it could be. I do want to start mentioning, if you don't know, I know them all. Um, who sings each song? The first one is Skiba. This one's Skiba, Mr. Chainsaw. Um, this is when I start getting fine tooth pen or comb on the songs. So sorry for fans. I love this song. Don't get me wrong. Here's my problem. The mixing on this album sucks. I'm going to say it now. If you hear these songs live, they sound amazing. This is Dan's best fucking baseline. And you cannot hear it unless you are fucking drilling for it. His like, it's an incredible baseline. And this is where they went to a different studio, right? Like they went to Minnesota to do this. They left Chicago. Here's my second part of the rant too. Jerry Finn produced this bad boy. Jerry Finn, who did Blink-22, who did Sum 41, AFI. He's a great producer. Why is the drums buried? And also, you guys, listen to... I'm going to ruin this album for you, and I hate it. Listen to this album and listen to the splash. You will hear terrible splash on the drum in every song so loud and so obnoxiously. You're like, oh... Like, did someone not mic the drums right at all? Is that all? What's his name knows how to do is hit the splash. Hmm. I'm so sorry because I mean, all these songs sound amazing live, and I would love for them to re-record. <laughs> I didn't get like a like a Lars uh, and Metallica Saint Anger vibe, you know. Wait. Like when you go back and listen to that, I'm I'm listen. I'm very excited to go back and. and oh, I feel bad because like I shattered oh, no, the no. glass. I'm. I'm- you're gonna hear it on this song and be like, "Holy God!" Like that splash is just obnoxious. I'm gonna put a. I'm gonna put a thing. So you think "Take Lots of Alcohol" is the one to listen to for the? That's the most egregious. No, well, Mr. Chainsaw. Oh, Mr. Chainsaw. Well, also when you listen to this song again, like really listen to the bass mm-hmm. line. It is like the guitar parts are amazing mm-hmm. in this whole album, but his bass line in this song is so intricate and so cool, and you can barely hear it. I used to have the. Uh, I used to have like a, um, a a portable CD player that I would have a tape that I would put in my tape in the car, the tape deck in the car. So then you could play the CD through the car. Yeah. And um, yeah, the wire like attached to the yeah, tape. Yeah. And it would always, you'd always have to replace them. They would only last for like a couple months or whatever. It seemed like And one time it got messed up and I was only getting like the bass. Uh, and I would listen to albums and you would just hear like just the bass or just the drums. It was wild. Like what it would isolate or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'll definitely have to listen to that again. And it, again, this is an amazing song. I'm not saying anything about the artists doing this song. I'm just saying the mixing. Ugh. And I've even read a thing where Dan says he hates the mixing on this album for his yeah, vocals. I saw that too. Yeah. So, Oh, I should have put in my, uh, Marty, this is what we're going to do. I should have put like, Danny might ruin something no, for you no, on no. this. I'm in, hey, I'm in. I'm in and I love it. I'm in and it's I love still it. an amazing album. I'm not yes. fighting anyone on that. That, I'm that just one Fuji song I mean, that we did Fuji's and that there's a song where they like put the like the, the record noise in the in the song. And now that's all I can hear. I know. <laughs> I remember seeing that uh, that um, I think George Clooney and Sandra Bullock, like that space movie. Where they're in outer space. I don't know what it's called. Oh, uh, gravity. Gravity. And I, I was watching either, it. But... And one of my buddies that I was with goes, What if instead of Sandra Bullock, it was just a uh um uh, like a, a golden retriever? 
And then throughout the whole movie, we just were laughing and thinking of like a golden retriever <laughs> in this movie. I don't know when they're like, and somebody was just like, after that, it just like, I'm just like, it's all I could think about right now. So hopefully. Or when someone's like, hey, did you see the car in the background in Braveheart? And you're like, yeah, now I yeah, see. Or yeah. This like I didn't notice the, the yep yeah. the coffee cup in Game of Thrones like I didn't Kid, notice that the first time the, the guy pulling his penis out in uh, the end of Teen Wolf it's all I could see now did not see that uh, the bleachers <laughs> yeah shit Take notes, yeah <laughs> where's the dick yeah all right let's move on yeah. oh it's a great song it's like it's amazing take with lots of alcohol track three by Dan. This Dan. is Dan's first song yeah. on it yeah. and he sings and uh, sings and writes. I think in this album, they sang the songs they wrote. Yep. No, they did. Yeah. They they mixed that up late in later albums. But what you got, yeah. Josh? Um, what you got so, for us, baby? So I said that it sounded like a song about getting to a breaking point with like mental illness. Feels like most likely depression and trying to finally address it after a long time of living with it and having self-destructive behavior because of it. And maybe self-medicating with uh, you know, a little fire water, if we will, you know, so um, it's a good song. And uh, it's the first of, I think, a couple songs that kind of seem to deal with uh, maybe Dan and his depression and which I know, I think he got diagnosed in 2015. And the thing that I read an uh, interview that he did, it was like, I didn't know yet, but everyone else knew, like everyone else knew I had depression, but it took me forever to figure it out. So um yeah. So it, yeah, but it's the first of a few songs on this album that kind of deal with that kind of stuff. So it's it's it was nice to hear. Uh, I mean, I know it's like not an upbeat song, but I feel like a lot of the songs he sings are more like way more mellow than this. So it's kind of fun to hear him with a song that's a little more, you know, like he's got like some acoustic songs on, yeah. on albums and stuff like that. So. Uh, and then that just that uh, I'm a has been who was heckled on the stage. Like he does sound so sad singing that. And so like, yes, he does. Buddy, you're not a has been at all. What do you say? You know, and he, the way he sings it though, it's like, man, you, that imposter syndrome too. he sings it where it's just like, yeah. Cause it shows he never, he just says, thanks. Like he never says anything in between songs at all. He just goes, thanks. Like that's all. If he sings a song and he's done with it, he just goes, thanks. Have you ever seen him do a, uh, an interview? He's yeah. like the shyest, quietest guy ever. And I'm like, how are you in a touring band? Like, yeah, but I was uh, obviously curious. he was playing acoustic somewhere in the city. I was like, I got to go see this guy. Cause just the, cause at every trio show, he's just like, doesn't say anything. So I was like curious if he was going to do some acoustic shows, like how much, uh, how much he would talk in between songs. Did you go or no, I didn't, I couldn't oh, go. Okay. I didn't end up going, but I'm, I, but I like his solo stuff too. Yeah, Dan Andrino in the yeah. emergency room. I've wanted to see him live too, because I do like his stuff. I do, but I've never seen him live in that aspect. We almost went to that that tour that they did, where it was like it was called like the Where's the Band tour, and it was like him and Chris like Caraba. somebody from Saves the Day and somebody from some other. Like it was like yes, a bunch of different people from different bands doing solo stuff. But I don't. Uh, we didn't end up going. Yeah, so. Anything, anything else, Danny? So, <laughs> I relate to this song a lot. I haven't, in high school, they said I might have bipolar. I haven't been diagnosed completely with it. But, like, I go through phases where, like, I'm an annoyance. I'm boring to people. Like, I know I'm not completely boring to people, but I feel that way. And, like, everything he says, I, like, I felt that at some point. Like, I'm like, 
when I'm in my lows, I'm like, oh shit, like no one wants to be around me. I'm fucking everything up. So this song I really relate to. I love it. That's all I got to say. Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot to relate to here. Uh, I think for a lot of people. So. All right. <laughs> Track four, Stupid Kid. Uh, 53 on the UK singles chart. Have you ever seen this music video? I, I have I not. Was, I was so proud when this was on MTV 120 minutes. I was just like, come on, baby. I think I saw like on a message board they were going to play it. And I'm like, here we go. And they played it. And I was just like, again, it's like seeing your friends like achieve something awesome where I'm just like, they got like a real video on MTV and I knew they wouldn't going to, I knew they weren't going to play it much. Like there was a, a video show in Chicago called JBTV that would play a lot of punk pop stuff. And they played the shit out of it. And it was just so cool to see them finally like get a video. And I was convinced I'm like, they're going to blow up. This is it. This is going to be huge. <laughs> I love the song. I love the video. It's uh, still a super fun song to see live. Um, yeah. I love the song. I remember I had Fuse TV, mm-hmm. you know, the Fuse channel that you were talking about earlier. And I yeah. tried to make like a music video VHS tape. Like I'd put it in and try to record oh, yeah. it. I only got this and some 41 in too deep. And I was like, all right, I'm done doing this. But I watched that VHS quite a bit just for those two songs. I'll still pop it on uh, YouTube every once in a while. It's it's great. It's a great video. Uh, the deal with the kid, the little kid being the devil. And like the reveal at the end when he takes his hat off and he's got the devil horns. Like, <laughs> I, lo- I love it. It's great. I love the scene where they're trying to do the school picture and he's like bashing his way through to get next to the teacher. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Get out of the way. He's in love with his teacher. Yeah, and he's a little <laughs> double. It's fantastic. Oh, I need to look this up. You'll love it, Josh. It's fantastic. Sound, yeah, it sounds it's great. It's not like the most crazy. It's not a crazy video, but yeah. it's a good video for this. Yeah, and it was it was just so cool to see them on, on MTV. And like, I really thought this was like, okay, here we go. Because I was baffled how they weren't, you know, bigger than they were. I, I still am like i don't know they're like one of those bands that like got the to the very tip top of the scene but then never mm-hmm. broke into the next yeah like if they would have been on like a t- tony hawk uh video game or something i'm they sure they were. were on a bunch of stuff were they what song they was were. on it uh, i don't remember but it was I on have the it. uh, armageddon was on tony hawk oh, see that to me would have would have made all the sense in the world for it to blow up um i hate and I'm sure you guys can relate on other songs that when you think the chorus is something else mm-hmm. and then the lyrics show you it's not. Cause mm-hmm. I always said, like, I didn't know the chorus was actually forget it. I take it back. I always thought he said, yeah, yeah, I take it back. Oh, I love the way he says, forget it. I take, oh, I love it. It's so well, good. I just don't hear it still. Yeah, I always yeah. hear, yeah, yeah, I take it back. Sure, sure. Yeah, this was another song, too, that uh, I thought just cut off. And then when I got the album, I was like, oh, okay," (laughs) which proves like, you know, how they were like, if you, you know, like uh, you won't buy the album. It's like I would buy every album they put out and I still had every album burnt before it came out. Like I was just like, not a problem. Let's do this. Yeah, when when torrent when torrents weren't uh, when they weren't like getting everybody, I would always like any like semi-notable band you could get their whole album like the week a week two weeks before and i was literally just doing it because i wanted to hear it earlier and i still probably already had the cd pre-ordered i was going to go buy it the day it came out i just wanted to hear it earlier yeah so i feel that yeah all right track number five another innocent girl written and sang by dan yep 
Thank you. <laughs> I'm really confused about this one. Um, when when Dan is singing about like the he, and then he kind of like switches perspectives and he's saying I like is is the he also Dan or you know the subject of the song? Are the he and the I the same person? What do you guys think? I think so. Yeah, I wow. think I think he's thinking. Do you think he's thinking about himself or like a buddy? Well, he says up. like the he is inside of me or is controlling me or inside. What is what are the lyrics? What's the lyrics? Uh, that part of him is now part of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we maybe get it's home, the he he doesn't like it himself. Him, now part of me. Yeah, maybe like a Jekyll and Hyde situation. Yeah, this I is just, my. Okay. Oh, yeah, this is my favorite Dan song on the album. Like I love. The lyric, like he likes to spill all of his guts That's on top of a well-stocked bar, I and then swell them bit by bit. Remember every scar. Like, come on. Here is what I'm talking about with lyrics. Dan sings and writes like he's a poet. You know what I mean? Like his stuff is poetry, the way it flows. And Skiba, I don't know. He he writes perfect, grotesque, visual, fun, and punny lyrics. Mm-hmm. Like, I like both their writing styles, but I think they're completely different. Like, I do feel like Dan is more of a poet and emotional with his lyrics versus Skiba, who he's he's open and like his his lyrics are also very like personal. But his are like, you know, slip my wrists and black my eyes. Kind I, of. I know that's I, not their lyric at all. But. No, yeah, I, I remember talking to buddies one time and I was like. Marilyn Manson should just hire Matt Skiba to write songs for him. Yeah. Because like all those, like I'm going to bathe in your blood and like all, all those lyrics that he does are just so like, Oh, I know you're so into like Anton LaVey and all the like double, I, I get it. And it's just like, there's sometimes where I hear some lyrics. I'm like, this dude, he could be like, you know, like the, the guy from uh, um, Goldfinger, like mastermind and all the, like whatever the boy, one of the boy bands or whatever. I'm like, he could be like, dude, I'm gonna write. I'll write you. I've got. He's probably got notebooks that Marilyn Manson would die for to just be like, oh my goodness, I'm uh, I'm gonna use your coffin as a as a picnic table. Like, come on, baby, I, I want all of these lyrics that you haven't used yet. I mean, the lyrics. Uh, step one: slit my wrist. Step two: play mm. in my blood. Step three: cover me in dirty sheets and go yeah. laughing into the. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So good. I, I. Do you guys know this? Do you guys know the song "Black Rain" by Blink One Eighty Two? It's it's off their newest album, and he's singing it. And the the first lyrics are tragedy erased my memory. Now all I see is this black rain. I'm like, do you know what band you're in, dude? Like, <laughs> what is this? That's like it's a great uh, song, but I'm like, I'm what is this? this? Yeah, when you have multiple songs or, or multiple bands, and it's like that seems more like you know people say like, oh, like that was going to be a Nirvana song if Kurt Cobain didn't die. It's just like. I don't think they're going to do like big me as Nirvana. That was like, that could only be a, a Foo fighter song or whatever. But if you're in multiple bands or whatever, that there, that is like the, the thing of being an alkaline trio fan is you listen and you're like, well, that sounds a little alkaline trio to me. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, totally. Especially on their newest album. I could tell that Mark like gave Matt the reins a little bit more Yeah. because there's some songs that I'm like, yeah, this could have been, this could have been in the other band for sure. Going way off topic here for a second, because you brought no such up. thing. John Feldman, the singer of Goldfinger, the guy that does production. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a thing where Motion City Soundtrack was talking about how he helped write songs. Yeah. And like he's done stuff for the used, messed, story of the year, and then he just everywhere. Hillary awesome. Duff. Awesome. 
like you know this guy money but also like I've heard other yeah people talk about him and stuff and say like how talented he is and everything. I'd still I go see Goldfinger in, in a second. I've never seen about. Goldfinger and I they're love awesome. Goldfinger. They're so good, so good. Sorry, I wanted to talk about John Feldman for a minute. <laughs> Such a cool guy. Why not? Yeah. All right, number six, Steamer Trunk. Mm. This is one of my fa- absolute favorites off of this album. This is just like so good. I love this so much. Um, and it's just like, uh, all like every, this just like hits my checklist of everything I like about an alkaline trio song. Sounds great. He's screaming. Uh, it's about like, you know, loss and and just like, uh, just so much stuff that I I love in their songs. I mean, you said it. (laughs) (laughs) I, I did read online that this song is like, he's like dating a girl who was molested and she's like keep and it's the trauma has like messed with their like messed with her in a way that it's messed with their relationship and but he's keeping her secret and it's driving him insane too Mm. but i couldn't it wasn't attributed to anyone i don't know if that's just like a fan's thought i mean the lyric is try to forget how you were touched i love you so i told i loved you so i told you but it didn't matter much like yeah it's just like he's he's not enough to help this person who's been uh, you know, abused or whatever. And it's, that's, you know, it, it's an interesting sort of aspect of the song. Cause a lot of them are like, sorry, I got drunk and fucked up like cooking wine or something like that. I'm just like, sorry, we were supposed to do this nice thing. And I got fucked up and I couldn't do it. But this is like uh, a little more of a mature lyric of like, I just can't, I'm not, I can't help you. I'm uh, it's a bummer, but I can't help you. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot totally. of people could, you know, uh, relate to that of like, you know, when I was, this age i was dating a lot of um you know chaotic people because i was dealing with stuff myself and that was just kind of like that was what i was into so yeah when you hear a song like this you're kind of like oh yeah that's that's how it goes okay i agree with both of you mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. don't you kind of feel like lyrically he's coming off as a dick in this song like yeah, you've told me all your deep dark secrets i'm keeping them in the steamer trunk but i can't hear you i don't want to listen to you I don't care. Like, I, I mean, I love the song. I'm just saying, I feel like the lyrics are kind of like, I'm a dick. I don't care about your problems. And now they're haunting me. So thanks a lot. Which I think is kind of a trope of theirs of like, yeah, I'm a dick. I'm, you know, like, I don't <laughs> think there's ever like a song where they're like, I'm the best boyfriend ever. Like, I do agree with what you're saying there, but it is like that, uh, you know, yeah, where he's just like, especially at the end or whatever, when he's just like, ever since the day I left her, like, it's like, you know, you'll get this. I'm not going to write a song that makes me sound like, and I solved all her problems. And after yeah. that, even though we broke up, she's like, glad we dated, dude. Yeah. We went to therapy at the end, unlocked mm-hmm. that steamer mm-hmm. trunk. Everyone's feeling good. You got we it. adopted a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, it's funny when I said that I, I don't know, you know, it, I couldn't attribute it. And I don't know if it's a fan thing. I, it made me think of that one of the things I do when I, to research albums is I go to these, I go to like geniuslyrics.com Cause there'll be like little things that people, but one of the sites, um, songmeanings.com, the, that site's been around so long that like you see people there, like comments in the thing. It's like from 2001, like fresh when the album came out and also 20 years old at the same time. And it's just like, Oh my God, the internet has been around so long. It's so, <laughs> it's so, so odd. So to find out meetings, I should have looked up live journal entries. And 
kick Actually, out MySpace again. Yeah. All right. Uh, track number seven. You're dead. <laughs> this has got one of my favorite lyrics of all time. It's and it's like it's one of those two where it's like I know a lot of these lyrics, especially the ones I love, aren't the most like this is gonna blow your mind. But when I heard it for the first time, uh, when he says. Um, I have something to say. If the chip off your shoulder should fall to your chest, get it off right away. I'm just like, loved it. <laughs> loved it. It blew my 21-year-old mind away. I loved it. There's, um, yeah, there's a lot. There's so much good wordplay on this album. It's it's wild. And I love that, like, uh, you know, you were talking about, like, when they play in Chicago, like looking at, and like they mentioned the airport here, I'm sure people like freak out if they play a song like, Oh, here. Yeah. I flew out of there. Like, yeah. Oh, you get, you're getting channel 11 references, which is our PBS station. You'll get O'Hare just like, yeah. So many lyrics like that. where it's just like, like the one where he said like step one, and he's like, I could have walked back to San Francisco and the next one. And then the last one is like Chicago. And everyone's like, yeah, like it's just, it's such a, and, Danny, have you heard in in uh, in wrestling what's called a cheap pop? Mm, no. So like a pop is when the crowd cheers, and okay. uh, a, a cheap pop is when they're like, "It's good to be here in Chicago, Illinois." Oh, okay. Yeah. Like it's kind of <laughs> like I know you're manipulating me, but I like it because I live here. Like <laughs> that's like when you see them in Chicago, and it just everybody just goes berserk for any any local reference or just flat out saying Chicago. So like when a band's like, "We just played Detroit." You guys in Chicago are way better. Oh, and then they sure. play Detroit yeah. and they're like, you guys in Detroit this is are our way best. better. This has been the best show on the tour. Which yeah. I did touring, so I understand. I that. do I do like how there's that uh hold steady song called like Chicago Must Have Been Tired Last Night or something, which is like very I think it's a very fun lyric or name for a song. <laughs> this is probably my least favorite on the album. And really? it's not because it's a bad song. It is not a bad song. It's just not one, you know, their discography. Like I play random songs off every album all the time. This is never one. I'm just like, Oh, I need to hear you're dead. And it's not that it's a bad song. It's just kind of forgettable on the album full of hit after hit. I, to me, I um, you know, <laughs> this song took a little bit longer to grow on me. Cause it's a little bit, me- it's a little bit mellow. But the more I listened to it, the more I appreciated it. And I, I really like at the be- at the end where he does like chorus mm-hmm. and then bridge and then last chorus and the last chorus, he like turns it up a notch. Like I was like, oh, yeah. And this song's kind of mellow, but you you like ended it on a, on a like a real strong, strong point. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, he really the, I think the end of this is like my favorite part. It's just really gets real yeah, strong same. at the end. I, dig I also it. think it's like, this stuff. Oh, God. Oh, no. I think it's like, to me, it's one of those where it's just like, I think they knew, um, not to skip ahead, but I think they knew they had like a real banger with Armageddon. So it's kind of like in a comedy lineup where you're like, I don't know how Danny's going to do. Like, we're going to, I'll tell you what, I'm going to put him in between me and Josh. And we got, if, if he doesn't do it, I got it after that. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying it's like, you know, a bad song, but I'm saying, I think it's sort of like strategically like, Okay, but if this doesn't get him, Armageddon's gonna fucking get him. That was my note. Is this is an all right song, but with Armageddon next, mm-hmm. like that's what I want to hear. Like I'm gonna skip this song because I I'm ready for Armageddon at this point in the album. Absolutely. Speaking of that, track number eight, Armageddon. This was the song that was featured in Tony Hawk's Underground. I, totally I actually have, 
I have a scoop for you guys that I, I found out this. You heard it here first. Okay. Okay. This Matt wrote this song because he's a really big fan of the movie, movie Armageddon. And he even tried to get Steve Buscemi to do guest vocals, but the, his schedule <laughs> didn't line up. That would have been a weird guest vocal. <laughs> Thanks for the, I appreciate this, the small laugh that I got. <laughs> Don't do jokes when the, the comedian's on the show. I thought you were going to do that. He, I heard he wrote this song on the back of a photograph. Uh, I thought you were going for the, for the lyrical joke. <laughs> well, I almost said Steve, I almost said Steven Tyler because, yeah. uh, you know, they did that. The I don't want to miss a thing yeah. song. But then I thought, oh, no, wait, Steve Buscemi's in that movie. I got to do him. Yeah. <laughs> that would be so funny if like, yeah, he just like if, if, if Steve Buscemi was in a band like this and played drums on it. And it's just like, yeah, they don't get to tour much because he's always making movies. But like, man, he just <laughs> is like such a good punk rock drummer. That's wild. That would be wild. This is one of my favorite songs on the album. And speaking of like the lyrics, like you talked about, I wrote the song on the back of a photograph. The cadence Matt sings in this, just oh my god, the rhythm is awesome. That, like, I feel like when they're at their best, he like he's lyrically like it's almost like the lyrics are just like it's like not even they're not even lyric they're like just another instrument and yep. everything is so tight and like man this just song like a like almost like a, you're looking at like an earthquake like it just goes like up and down and up and down and up and down and it's just like yeah for me i would i would this has got to be in my top 10 of all their songs i think i'd never put together a top 10 but like but if i ever do like a, a playlist of just all alkaline trio or whatever like this is this has got to go on it and we also finally get some strong harmonies between dan mm-hmm. and skiba in the chorus yeah and they do great at harmonizing together and it's also I know I ragged on the drumming in the beginning, but this is Mike's best drumming on the album in this song. I think it gives him the best opportunity to to show off his drumming because this is just like it just bam 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 like it just hits you too like right when it starts like I think it's too heavy to start with like I think this is such a good song it's like it would have been too heavy to start with and then like um, I don't know if it's true but I heard somewhere you always put like one of your, your like single at number four I don't know I have, I have to go back and check that out but like. Um, but this is just like with I because I like forgot, you know, like you listen and you're like, go back to an old album. And you're like, I don't remember which songs are on which album sometimes. And I'm listening. And then when this came on, I was just like, oh, man, this is just like when I'm walking and this song comes on. It's just like, you know, I start going a little faster and it's just <laughs> like it's just such a great like where it just it just everything. They're so tight, like and to watch them play it great when they're when they're on and they play it. It's just like so fun. Yeah. So good live. He he does the same thing in this song that he did in the last song with like chorus bridge, last chorus with the last chorus like picking up. And I just I feel like it works. It just it's do it in every song if you need to. It it works. So yeah, and and, and this is another one too that ends so strong. Um where it's just like uh that like give us something to believe. But the one where he goes, um uh the just a goodbye kiss before we sink is like such a such a cool and then he and then he's saying we was that's my lyric i thought he said we sink and then he says we sing armageddon but he says we sink and then we sink again i thought it was we sing oh that was was my like because i think we sing armageddon you know but i uh i saw that from the lyrics i was like oh double we sing i mean i like that though we Mm -hmm. sing armageddon yeah Makes sense. I think everybody who has like a wrong lyric, if you like hear them out, you can go, yeah, I under, I totally <laughs> understand like why they would say that. Well, with that mass lyric, I could see why they would say 
Yeah. But I just feel like I always hear, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now when I hear that back, I'm going to always be like, oh, okay. All right. I see where Danny's coming from. The, the amount of, I thought I was like someone that really knew the lyrics to a lot of stuff, but I think when tab was younger, she would like go home and like sit and listen and look at the liner notes sure. because there's so many like motion city soundtrack is my favorite band. And it's also one of her favorite bands is like kind of how we connected. And she like the amount of times we're in the car and I've, there's a song I've known for like 15 years and I'm singing along. And she's like, what are you saying? That's not what they say. <laughs> like, and she's always the one that's right. Every time I never have the, the, the words, right. And back in I the day I when I had genius. the Jewel Case CD, I would do yeah. that too. I would go through and read the lyrics as the album played. But now that we're in a digital age and I buy vinyl, I, I mean, I should still because most of them come with liner notes or yeah. everything, but I don't. like. I, I would be so bummed when I would get an album and you just pull it out and it's just two, it's just a folded, one folded sheet. Yeah. And it's just no lyrics or anything. And I'd be like, yeah, what is this? Like, I love, I love having lyrics and I love, that was what was so great about like, the internet with a lot of the songs that I would just burn off like Napster or whatever. It's like, then you can go listen to the songs or whatever. And there are, there's still to this day. Um, like when we get into the list of the, all the questions, there was a song where I was like, Oh man, I like re-listened to it. And I was like, this is even more uh, of a category of a song that you asked for what my, what my favorite one was. And I was just like, Ooh, I didn't even, I didn't even like scratch the surface as a kid with the song. Or I'm looking forward to it. Speaking <laughs> of stupid like booklets, do you remember when it was like a cardboard thing for your yeah. CD, and yeah. then it had a jewel part? But if it broke any of those little teeth, you're like, well, yeah. this is fucked and just rolling around in there forever, and you can't yeah. replace it like a normal jewel case. Sorry, you made me. You flash back terrible memories when you talk about that. I know. Ah. Jewel case. All right, number nine. I'm dying tomorrow. Song by Dan. Dan, the man. So this is this is like, um, hey, I lived my life the right way and I did the right things in, in case I die, right? Like I'm uh, like uh, an accounting of life and making sure that you lived it to the fullest and made the most of your time. I feel like his therapist was like, write a positive song, but it's still yeah. going to be about like I'm dying. It's like, well, make a positive song about dying. Um, yeah, this is 100%. This is, this is one of those like where if I was really depressed and I'd hear this one, I'm like, yeah, I got to do all this stuff. So when I do die, I could say like, I did kiss the girl under the, whatever the lyric under the electric sky or whatever. Like, yeah, that. just kind of like, <laughs> there are so many of those. Like, I think this song specifically is just like, um, where it is a lot of those, like where I think my, my buddies who don't like alkaline trio, or they're just like, uh, it's just songs about girls. Ugh. And I'm like, well, that's my favorite kind of song. But also, like, this is just so, so great. I love this song so much. If I was dying tomorrow, this would be the jam I want to jam I mean, to. You know? And also, it's got one of my favorite lyrics. I love the the twist of drinking for fun, singing for the taste. Yeah. I yeah. love that lyric. He hits cool. that, too. He hits that so hard, too. Like, you could tell he was very proud of that lyric. <laughs> yeah. Because he's like, drinking for the... Yeah. And it's just like... And you get a Chicago reference in there also. So Can't two for wrong. two. Can't go wrong. <laughs> yeah, I know, you know, I was like, man, they really reference it a lot. And then I thought, no, they're doing that on per that like you, you gotta you gotta rep the city, right? Like, <laughs> all right. Anything else, gentlemen? That one just felt kind of fast. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. I don't want to 
it was it's an, and again it's cool too because then you get you get another dance song this like it breaks up it this that's what what the the great part of having the the two lead singers and not doing the like back and forth you know the taking back sunday thing or whatever of like dual lyrics it's just like yeah you get like it's almost like two two different bands or whatever you know yeah. when you oh, get yeah. when you get a dance song it's kind of like a nice like reset of like oh another dance song and when it's a a little fast i feel like as we go on he does more more slower songs i could be wrong but i feel well, like you're pretty right yeah Not right completely. i feel like as we go on most of them i remember are more slower songs so i kind of i i, I dig when they're a little was that a faster. chicago thing because lawrence arms known for that too like it might be of just like i don't know i think he's just like it's like two a, bands crammed in one sad, yeah where it's like to have like two great singers or whatever um or if there's ever been like I want, I'm trying to think if there's been like bands where they're like, no, 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 he's a better. All his songs are like hit, so he's the singer. And, like the lead singer's like, I guess I'll just play bass in the background or something like that. <laughs> you know, I'll play the tambourine. Yeah. Um, okay. Sorry. Um, I was like reading ahead to, to make sure I had the right thing about. I the, my notes were blank for bloodied up, and I was like, what happened? But I found it. Okay. Um, number 10, Bloodied Up. Did you even listen to this? I want to see the evidence. <laughs> <laughs> this is another one of those of like, just with the me, like there's a lot of those words in there where he really, not shoehorns in, like it's not like a, a bad rap song where like the, where it's like shoehorned in or even just a chorus of a bad song where you're like, that's a little bit of a stretch how you rhyme that word there. But uh yeah, this with the how he just hangs on to the me like I I I there's some fun ones in here with this. I think this one of my favorite lyrics on this album is in this this song the join the club I signed up yes. a long time ago and yeah. I know how you feel. Like I I know I've totally said that in a fight before like you'll never you I know you're I know you're mad at me but you'll never hate me as much as I hate myself or like <laughs> something stupid like that like which is like a classic alkaline trio. Like if you were going to do, you know, they say like um we, we got like a, a computer program to write a screenplay and this is what it spit out. Like, I feel like if you put all the Alkaline Trio lyrics in a computer and it wrote like, you know, I know how to write this song and it, it spit it out. Like there would be some of those lyrics, like, you know, like that join the club or whatever, where it's just like such a, like, you can't hate me as much as I hate myself, man. Like, ah, <laughs> love those lyrics. Love. That's like, to me, like that's rock and roll. My theory this is not founded by anything, but my theory on this song, and I'm th picturing it as a music video, is Private Eye is a young guy, you know, investigating, you know, young dick. Mm -hmm. And then Bloodied Up is like him all beaten up and like, fuck, like I suck at this. I, People hate me. You you have every right to be like, yeah. like I just imagine like if they so were going to make a music a video. Concept album, it sounds like. I, what they, well, just these two songs, they almost feel like, it feels like a sequel in a way, maybe by the way it's sung, but it, it feels like a sequel to Private Eye. Like well, no, he's like questioning like your whereabouts. The, the, yeah. This feels like the Private Eye like gets punched in the face and it's one of those like, yeah, I had that coming. Like, in yeah. a, you know, someone gets decked in a movie and they're like, yeah, I had that one coming. You know, that's that's yeah, that's how this one feels. Like Private Eye is like this young, bright-eyed, like I'm gonna solve shit. I mean, he's got problems, and then bloodied up as he's just beaten. Like fuck, my family left me. No one loves me. <laughs> but I do love this song. Great, great song. It's a good one. 
All right, number 11, Trucks and Trains. I was going to make a John Candy joke about this song, but there's no <laughs> references to cars, so I decided not to. This, I feel like, is uh, is one of those where my friends who don't like the Uncle and Trio would go, ah, their only, they're only good song is Trucks and Trains, and I'd be like, what? Like, Is it because that sick know. guitar part? Maybe. But... It might be that, but it is just like, to me, it's just a, like not a forgettable song, but just a song that I like. I don't think I'd throw this on a, a compilation or if I was doing, you know, my, my top 20 alkaline trio songs, it, it wouldn't make it. Um, it's one, when I hear it, I'm like, yeah, like, I feel like this is one I've probably heard in concert so many times. Cause I'm always just like, Oh, like I, you know, when you're at a concert of your favorite band and you're like, we've only got X amount of songs to go. And then yeah. they're like, there's trucks and trains. And you're like, no, I want it. <laughs> I have more songs I need to hear. And if you do this, I won't, you know, yeah. get my you're taking one away. Yeah. yeah. And again, right before the end, like I, 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 if I had to guess, I'm just thinking like, you know, I like it, but it's not like one of their favorites. I think it's the weakest song on the album. Okay. Ooh. I didn't want to say that, but I, well, that's, I, but on a good album, that's not necessarily sure. an insult, but yeah, it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of bangers on this. And uh, this is just the one where I was just like, oh yeah, this song, like it just didn't, it didn't hit me with nostalgia or like, oh, I remember driving in my car, listening to this, like. There are songs on this album that I can tell you, like where what it reminds me of. This it reminds me of, like, should I put this on a? Nah, I'm not gonna put it on. Like, a, like <laughs> when I burnt the CD, you know, to my computer, and then I could take the track. You know, this wasn't. It just wasn't one where I was like, okay, I'm into this. I have a completely personal reason why I love this song. I was gonna say, here's the part oh, where Danny yeah. says this is his favorite. It's not my favorite. See, that's what I these love- dudes do to me. They've been doing this my whole life, Josh. This is what they do. I love the bass line, and this is one of the first bass lines I learned when I was learning bass. Ah, it's just yeah. like a really fun bass line. So if you're ever just jamming it again, just focus on that bass line. You're like, oh, he is all over that board. Like he is just playing it. And you could really tell, I think maybe at this time that maybe, I mean, they've been established. Dan's been around, but maybe Dan can't sing and play his intricate bass lines because all of his songs that he sings on. They're fairly simple bass lines. Oh, Maybe. But Very this one, the bass line is really groovy. Real groovy. That's interesting. That's I never thought about that. Because, yeah, I was just watching. I think I, I was watching some some YouTube video where the guy was going over, like, uh, uh, music or whatever. And he was just like, I couldn't even imagine. Like, I think the guy might have been playing drums. He's like, I couldn't imagine playing drums and singing. And there was someone else on there, and there's just like, God, I, I, when I have to sing like backup, it's such a, I'm like, oh God, oh God, oh God. And I'm like, I never even thought about that. Like, I just think, like, in my head, everybody's like Prince, where the guitar is just like another part of them. And it's just like, oh, this thing, no big deal. But like, yeah, if you do have to sing and play at the same time, and you're not like, you know, a virtuoso, it might be like a little tough to do. Every bass line I ever wrote for songs that I had to sing on were fucking simple. Simple. Very interesting. That's such a cool thing as a non-musician to get a little look behind the uh, the process like that. That's I mean, there's cool. musicians that can nail it. I'm just saying oh, sure. for me personally, sure. to make it easier on myself, my bass that's, lines were super easy. That's where I'd be if I was a bass player in a band. <laughs> if I had to sing, I'd be like, this is a P, you could do this in your sleep. <laughs> like Doug if you ever watch No Effects or MXPX, those bass lines are so simple. And it's because the lead singer is the bassist. And even Chick Magnet is that the bass at the beginning yeah. of Chick Magnet? But I like that. I like that. That one's actually 
It's not complex, but it's probably the most complex for yeah. him singing to go to. Interesting. That's a song I, I'm like, I'm going to have to listen to that after this. I hadn't thought about that <laughs> song in like 10 it's years. It's a good song. So I love good. old MXPX. Oh, so good. <sighs> All right, last one. Number 12, Crawl. Written by Dan, sang by Dan. Amazing song. Let's just come out and say it. Come on. Yep, this is great. He's got to get it out before we trash on it like we did the last one. No, no, no. This, <laughs> this is this is a great last song and a great, like, just like, ah, uh, this is just like uh, with the I don't know who your boyfriend is. Like, uh, what an ending of song. Just fantastic. Do we think these are like, uh, do, are these like Pete Wentz where the whole album's about one girl? Or, or oh, is it like bet. Taylor Swift, where every song is about a different girl. My man, Dan, my man Dan's only writing about one girl, and I okay. bet they're I bet they're married right now. I don't even <laughs> want to know. I bet I bet he finally got her. Um, yeah, no, I I think this is just, and it probably wasn't even a big deal. Maybe they hung out a little bit, and he's like, well, I wrote I wrote thirty songs about her. I'll hope I can get a couple on the album. I love the seems very sensitive. Yeah, I got a taste of you. I threw up all night. Just like Oof. the aggressive. It's the most aggressive you hear Dan on this album, like singing wise. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, his lyrics on this album, I think for all his songs or whatever, are just like they're just great for him to sing. You know, like obviously I I, I, I never um, heard like the process of like who sings what or how they figure it out or anything like that. But to me, there's just like, you know, so many songs that are just like it has to be Dan singing the song, and this yeah. is one of those songs where I'm like, this has to be Dan singing the song. Like I would, it'd be very interesting to hear, um, to hear Matt sing some of his songs. That uh, would be that cool would, to do like a special like a, edition CD. Yeah, yeah. Where Dan pick yeah. like five of each and flip yeah. the singer. Oh I would man, love that that would be amazing. Let's email him, Chris Caraba. And a, let and Matt know. Total cash grab. Total cash grab. I would buy it. Who wouldn't want that? The songs yeah. are already there. Can record them in no time. Oh, I think you're onto something. That's that's amazing. Honestly, they just couldn't they just like t- use the instrumental instrumental tracks and re-record the vocals? Like they wouldn't even have to re-record the whole thing. I feel like uh, we'd have to go all acoustic to make it uh, to to so you get your money's worth or something. Like I don't think. They would do just yeah, like karaoke. I don't think they would karaoke it. Yeah, true. They think yeah. uh, I think they would do something a little maybe everything acoustic or whatever. I'm not sure. Well, they did already do Damnesia. Yeah, which I love. But yeah. All right. Final thoughts. Wait, we don't want to cover the two B sides. I hell yes, in my standard break of life. You you can do that. I did not listen. How to those. are those not on this album? I can you. Here's I can what you tell do. You. You, why you don't like them? Hell yes is a great song. Hell yes sounds like it's off. God damn it though, it's a oh, great song. But okay. if you listen to it, it doesn't hit the flow of this album. It's okay. awesome, but okay. I can see why it's a B side. It sounds like older Alkaline Trio. Mm. And then I my standard break of life sounds like Dan Andrino in the ambulance because it's him like chiller, like yeah. Dan singing. I they're love, both good songs, but I, I can see why they're not on here. Both of those songs. I get. I get what you're saying, and I. I. I just, I need to sometimes with like, especially now in the age of like, just grab a song off iTunes or, or Shazam or whatever, or uh, uh, Spotify, but like how they're just like, Oh, it just didn't fit in the album. It didn't fit in the album. It's like, Oh, okay. But like, they're both real good songs. I heard hell yes. For the first time I was like, what, what is this magical song I had never heard of before? (laughs) Like, I love hell yes. 
Where was your first introduction? Did you hear it on Remains I, or before? I think I probably found it on Napster. Ah, uh, okay. I think I found it on Napster, and I was like, "What's this song?" And uh, yeah, right. there's. I have I have a version. I'll I'll send it to you of um, uh, what's the Your Coffin or Mine song? Ooh. And oh, that's on Good Morning, isn't it? Yeah. That or Blue? Is there a Blue song called Blue? Anyway, it's a fast version of. Oh, it's a fast version of Your Coffin or Mine. It's Blue Carolina. That's yeah. it. It's a, on on Napster before the album came out. It was originally going to be a fast pace. It was a real fast tempo song with like acoustic, with electric guitars and everything. And then when Ooh. I heard on the album and it was acoustic, I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What is this?" And if you, that's another YouTube uh, thing that I'm always, I just always check out every once in a while. It's so good. It's fast and it's just like I love it even even more. Oh, sorry, blue in the face. That's when you it. said blue. blue I was yeah, no, no. instantly blue Carolina, but then I went to the album and was like, "Wait, I don't remember that being." Blue that song face. being slow. <laughs> yeah, there's a blue in the face like demo version of it fast that is so fun. But it's like I get what they went with the slower version, but it's real fun. Huh. I used man back in the back in the downloading music days, I I used to have all of the like B-sides and acoustic versions mm-hmm. and live versions and demos so and stuff and so now great. I I've like moved out of that. I don't you know, I don't. Even though the internet is more expansive, I, I just feel like maybe I'm just not as obsessed with music like I was then, where I needed I would, to have like every like, version of yeah. Everything. I couldn't. I couldn't get enough. Uh, if there was like a compilation album that had like a different version of a song or anything like that with Alkaline Trio, especially around this time, I, I just had to have it. So you you don't love the newer stuff necessarily. You were saying right. Not as much as the older stuff. Like, what I, is your opinion like, on Agony and Irony? I liked it. There was more on that that I could get into than, okay. than like Crimson or because I felt like Agony and Irony felt like a lot of songs from this era that just never got on. Were they like, what was the deal with that album? I can't remember. That was like the one with the, the, the wrists on the album. No, that's the mains. That's all their B-sides. Okay, that's what I was thinking of. Hold on. Let me pull up Agony and Irony. That might be one that I'm just like. That one. Into. Is not talked about enough, and I think that album's amazing. Let me, sorry, let me bring that up real quick. It's got uh, "Calling All Skeletons," got "Over and Out." Uh, yeah, you know what? That wasn't uh, "Calling All Skeletons." Help. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, it's fine. I just didn't know if you had yeah. an opinion on it. It's 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 like when all the especially after Crimson. It was like I would just kind of go in and and like grab. I could grab like a, a couple songs, you know, like three or four songs that I'm like. To me, those sound like that's like the alkaline trio I like, and I, I understand like they get bored, they want to, you know, broaden their sound and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's just it's one of those where I could grab a couple and be like, I like those. But overall, have you ever revisited Crimson? Yeah, yeah, and it's just like I. Still no? No, no. Crimson. There's a. There's just like there's there's even to me it's like how I feel about trucks and trains on this. I feel like on those albums there's like five trucks and trains. You know <laughs> yeah. where I'm like I'm that's a traffic not, jam. Just yeah. not into it. But some of them I I dig even though they don't sound like quote unquote like you know alkaline trio songs. Like there's some where I'm like you know what's that like kiss you to death is that a song on uh the fbi album 
Maybe. Yeah, it's like some. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's, but like I said, with all of them, there's just some that I'm just like, I dig, and then there's others that I'm just like, like I like help me. Yeah, there's some I like calling all skeletons. I like, but they just t- to me they're just not like in my. They wouldn't be in my heavy rotation. I think it's so interesting to go back to between 2002 and 2006. All these mm-hmm. like bands that were established got creative. Yeah, El Gran Trio made Crimson. Yeah. Um, Panic at the Disco made that Beatles album. Pretty odd. Like it sounds very Beatlesy. Mm-hmm. And then you had like, what else? Hot Rod Circuit went like country for yeah. seconds. Well, Saves a Day did also like a Beatlesy album in Rivera or Rivery. And I love all those albums. It's just interesting to me that that's that there's that small time period where all these bands are like, let's try to completely change our sound for one album. Do you feel like it was? like pressure on themselves or do you think like they just were like, we we have to grow as artists or something. If we just keep putting out the same album, it's like, I like, I get like how, how they would want to, uh, you know, how everybody would want to change things up or whatever. I, I, I'm looking back at old albums. Is this thing cursed? I kind of think that is like, I like that. Album. That's a good album. I'm not, yeah, I like that. That I kind of am like, Oh, okay. That's, that's you know, pretty recent, though. That's that one was, of their yeah, that, was, uh, that was their most recent one, 2018. Um, but like, yeah, with a couple of those, let me see with Crimson here, some of the songs. I think like a lot of the, yeah, I think a lot of the artists were like, all right, we're established. Let's try something new because yeah. you have to think, oh, this is going to alienate a lot of our fans. Yeah. But we want to try something new. It's got to be that because they had to be like, oh, we're going to lose some fans with this album, too, because mm-hmm. Crimson is like a complete departure for from, sure. And I love Crimson. Yeah. Like, but it does feel like, oh, let's try something new. We're artists. We can do that at this point. Yeah. Like, and, and we're already established. You can't argue also with like, you know, when when they did, um, uh, you know, when like they're playing Crimson on like Jimmy Fallon or. You know, yeah. I know they did their first time they did Letterman was for um, uh, was for Good Morning. Like that was just like and you're just like, all right, you know, that's cool. They're doing um, and they did. We've had enough or something on Letterman. And I was like, it's cool. Like, it's cool. Um, yeah, I think with like because I, I to me, like, you know, Good Morning was like still like, OK, this is still these are still my guys. Um, but then with but then with. uh yeah, with Crimson. Crimson, I felt it just got more experimental. And I like again, I I wouldn't I I wouldn't want like if somebody who I love who makes art, I wouldn't want them to be like, "Fuck, I'll make another one" because fucking Marty yeah. likes it. You know what I mean? It's like I'm. It's totally fine if you want. You know, like I'll hear like Weezer do Africa, and I'm like, I don't get it. I don't understand why that like like do covers all the time, but like what happened you know yeah. like there's that there's got them more publicity that. though than like anything they've done in right. a long time right and it's <laughs> like you know i'll play like pinkerton for my nephew and he's like i don't like this i like africa you know what i mean like, <laughs> all right i tried i wonder if that like any of these like bands that tried that if it was successful if they would have just stuck with it like if you look at bring me the horizon they toned down and went from metalcore mm-hmm. to screamo pop and it blew up. So that's mm-hmm. the style they're going for now. And yeah, it alienated their old fans, but like they tried something new and it worked. So I don't know. Yeah. In I'm, the end, you got to make a living, right? I mean, 
yeah. yeah. And and you got, I mean, you know, they have to play these songs night in and night out. And it was cool when they when they were in Chicago a couple years ago and they would play two albums. You didn't know what albums it was. And uh and I was uh l- luckily I kind of knew we were in for a good because they played uh I think the night I was there, it was Good Morning. It was they opened with Good Morning. Ooh. And I was like, that's all right. And then I, I believe they did uh, this album. And I was just like, because I, I kind of knew, I'm like, oh, no, you know what? I don't know. I feel like the first album they played, I'm like, I knew right away. I'm like, we're going to get a banger because this first album is like, they have to know. It's like you're, you know, you're doing your your draft picks of number one takes on number eight, you know? And it's like, that's that's the eight-man bracket. Number one's taken on number eight. And I remember, I think, I think, Good morning was the first one, and then we got this one second, and it was just like because again you didn't know what's what it was, and it was like Friday, so they hadn't picked everything yet. But as soon as we saw or heard Private Eye, it was just like, okay, oh hell yeah, here we go. And I love the I lo- I love those. Uh, although Taking Back Sunday did that, they were like, we're gonna play uh, this, we're gonna play these two albums on the first night of the tour, and then on the second night of the tour, we're gonna flip a coin. And I'm like, no, I want to hear. Oh, yeah, <laughs> tell me what album you're gonna play. Coin. I know, I know, because this was a real mystery bag of like, we're gonna play two albums, and you won't know which one. So everybody was like, you're gonna get one of the old ones and one of the newer ones. Like that's just that's just what's gonna happen. Um, I don't think you were gonna hit like you know, oh, I got two like old out al- you know two newer albums that would feel kind of like uh like i they i then that in that sense it's like when they did that i'm like they know the deal with you know especially like the diehards in chicago where it's like we can all we're gonna play two albums we gotta like you know give them one old one new just to appease everybody yeah i agree that's the that that's very sound logic I, uh, I'm wearing a Reckless Records shirt. I just hey, remembered I got this from Chicago. I, I did not plan that at all. Right down the street, yeah. See, you were pandering like I'm pandering, but you didn't even realize you were doing it. <laughs> no, it's just what I wore today. I was going right, to wear a shirt, and I was thoughts. like, he won't be able to see it. I'll wear the hat. <laughs> all right, final, final thoughts, thoughts on the album's album. amazing. Awesome. <laughs> Four stars. Uh, it's just fantastic. It's a it's a uh, perfect Alkaline Tree album. If somebody was like, "I've never heard them," what's an album? This would be one of the one of the first albums I tell them to listen to. Nine and a half out of ten skivas. There you go. There you go. <laughs> or, or skulls or whatever. <laughs> yeah, heart skulls. Um, I'm doing seven out of ten dance. And that's only because I've been real stingy with my ratings so far. Seven is uh, pretty high, actually. On on the ratings for the albums we've done so far. So my ratings are either really high or really low. I don't do middle grounds. <laughs> are, how, do you guys, how do you guys feel about, I, I was having this conversation with some, uh, some buddies of mine and my one buddy was like, I can't listen to anything Dan sings because of his voice. He's like that, like lispy voice. Like, I don't like it. I, I love it. I think it, like, no, I love it adds to, it's a cool I, I aspect of his voice that I'm like, I think is so, I think it's great. I didn't notice the lisp until I heard him do an interview when I yep. was like watching interviews leading up for this. I didn't notice it when he, and I still don't notice it when he's singing. I mean, maybe I'll, maybe I'll notice it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'm just like, I've, I've yeah, never, I like it. never had a problem with it. Love it. Yeah. Let's do um, the gas mix. <laughs> yeah. Boop, 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 boop. 
All right, you are you ready for the gauntlet? Uh, yeah, I'm very ready. This was this was like such. Sometimes I have to do like, especially with comedy, like every com like there can't just be a regular comedy show now. There's got to be like, oh, here's what we do at this show, and I call it like homework shows where I have to do extra work instead of just like I just want to tell my jokes, and it's like, no, 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 you have to like write jokes from the perspective of somebody born on the day of your birth. I'm like, I don't like any of that stuff. This is like fun. <laughs> this was fun, fun homework. Well, and the only reason we give it to people because we we've people stress about their answers and then they, yeah. they're like, Oh, well, I'm going to give you three favorite yeah, love yeah. songs. Well, and it's like, well, don't do that. That's, <laughs> we'll be here all night. I don't under, <laughs> like with, with uh, me and my buddy, Paul, we do a, a music podcast called make us a mixtape. You could do five songs and what, you know, and, and people are always like, well, I had seven. Cause I couldn't pick just five. It's like, that's just the deal, man. You do five. You don't get seven. Like with questions like this, like it's tough where they start going, well, I wanted, I was going to do, it's like, no, no, no. You get one song. You have to answer. Well, I mean, you can editorialize it. That's fine. I know, but, but I just, <laughs> I, when I get a list of seven, I'm like, this is not five. You gotta, you know, you gotta make some some choices here. And I will let you know that there is one. You're getting a modified special guest list that has Ooh. one question that uh, no one else got. You could probably I, figure I out imagine. which one it is. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Uh, first song. What is your favorite love song? Uh, that would be "I Will Always Love You" by Dolly Parton. Nice. The original, not the, the rich, the most beautiful love song of all time. It's just like, ah, it's the best. I learned way too late in life that that Whitney Houston's version of that is a cover. Like, oh yeah, way too late in life. Yeah. Um. Apparently, Kevin Costner was a huge fan of of the Dolly version, and he's like, I think this is the song you should sing in the movie. And she was like, Let's. Oh, do I didn't that. know that backstory. Yeah, That's that wild. was on uh, <laughs> something I just listened to. I knew it was a cover. I didn't know that yeah. there was Kevin Kevin Costner to blame. Yeah. And then basically this was Dolly's song to uh, break up with her, you know, her old collaborator and kind of mentor and stuff to just be like, I got to go do this thing, but here's the last, last song we'll do. And here we go. And Elvis wanted to do it, but he, when you, when Elvis covers your song, you sign all the rights over and he becomes like the writer and all that stuff. And she's like, not a chance, not this song. Well, he's the king. You very know? smart because it got her a whole lot of money later on in life. So yeah, but it's just, I, it's like to me, it's just the most beautiful song, and she's just like the best. So yeah, easy, Dolly easy Parton. There. Dolly Parton is the person. You know, we talked about earlier, like living long enough to become the villain. Like the longer she lives, the more awesome and the more yep. awesome things yep. that she does. And it's like, oh, why you're no. just I, like no words describe. She's yeah, didn't she do Moderna? Like she. Yeah, funded like she funded it. it. Yeah. yeah, I was so mad I got Pfizer. That's why I got wanted, Moderna because of Dolly. I wanted, I wanted <laughs> the Dolly shot, and I ended up with Pfizer. Hey. <laughs> Wait, the wrong brand is better than no shot. You know? yeah, no, so. I'm not mad. I just wanted Dolly shot. Hey, Mark Martin drove the Pfizer car and NASCAR back in the '90s, so there you go. <laughs> go for that. Great. All right. <laughs> What's your? Well, let's flip the coin. What's your go-to angry song? So this was the song that I'd mentioned earlier, where I re-listened to it because I was like, "What are some good angry songs?" Uh, Public Enemy can't trust it, uh, nice. and and pair that with the video. Ooh, baby, it is. It's fucking. It's an angry fucking song, and it isn't like you broke my heart. It's like you enslaved me and my people, and you're still enslaving me and my people. It's fucking unbelievable. It is just like it should be taught in schools. I learned more from Public Enemy than any history class I ever took or anything. It's just like I was such a gigantic fan growing up. And this song, I remember really enjoying the song and, and like feeling like I understood it, but like 
I hadn't listened to it. Like I was just like the right amount of, of, uh, of, uh, under the influence. And when I listened to it, I was just like, Whoa, this is fucking crazy, crazy. The video was on MTV back in the day. Like just all of it was just, it's just unbelievable. It's, it's amazing. I'm going to have to watch, watch that video tonight. Yeah, it's, you got it. It's, it's, um, it's unbelievable. Okay, what is a song that's influenced you the most? Now, this could be like, well, you've already obviously pre- prepped, yeah. but you know, in your life, uh, in your career, in uh, you know. I would go with uh, the Ramones Blitzkrieg Bop because I remember the first time I heard it as a little kid, I was like, this is different than any other song I've heard. Like, why is this so fast? And so, like, I just knew right away, I was like, this is different than all the you know, Rolling Stones or Doors songs my brother would play or you know, shit on the radio. Like I was like, how, why, first of all, what is this song? Second of all, why don't they play it every day on every radio station I listen to? Cause <laughs> where I grew up, you couldn't hear this song on the radio. You know, I remember, I don't even know where, I think I heard it on a, uh, a music documentary. My brother was watching and I was like, and he's like, Oh, it's the Ramones. And then I think he played me more, but I was just like, and it's like, whenever I hear it, like um, when it was in uh, uh, the Royal Tenenbaums and I was just like, yeah, you put the song in movies because it's fucking awesome. And it makes me happy because as a kid, as a little kid, I heard this and I was like, this is the kind of music that I like. And it's like anybody who loves punk rock, like, and, and you heard it, you remember hearing it for the first time because it sounded like different music. It was just better than everything else and like faster and cooler and like over in a second. I'm like, what, what was that? I need, and it wasn't like where I could rewind anything to play again. I was just like, what is this? And my mom, oh, it's this band called the Ramones. And I remember just being like, well, that's, I'm, I love this band. Did you ever see SLC punk? Yeah. Like when he, when heroin Bob shows him, he's like, you're going to love this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where it's just like, I just don't like my, my, my buddy who just doesn't get punk at all. Doesn't get it. Doesn't like it. And he's just like, I just I don't. And I'm like, I just don't understand how you can sit down and hear like Blitzkrieg Bop and not just be like, that's one of the best, coolest songs of all time. <laughs> to, uh, the drums or the, I just like, no, 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 no. Everything about this is cool. And, and it just, <laughs> it influenced me to just be like, this is like a genre of music that I'm, I'm into. Okay. So I have to ask, what is that buddy specifically? Like, what is he into? Oh my God. His favorite band's the police. So, I mean, I mean, I like the police. He's into like gentler, gentler, uh, you know, like uh he he would he's like more of a singer songwriter kind of guy okay but i i just can't understand how somebody who's been in bands and stuff like that isn't just like yeah they're like punk is is has its rightful place in the you know mount rushmore of music yeah yeah no i'm I'm, obviously we agree we're a couple of elder emo kids here so (laughs) uh uh, what is your current favorite song? So this is this is an older song, but it's new to me. Uh, somebody played this on our I'll allow it on our show. Thank you. Um, and it's a, a band called Upwelling, and it's called American Girls. And it's like I cannot stress what a fun, like you know, rock song. It's just like it should have been such a gigantic song. Uh, it's so great, and the lyrics are just. Mwah. Upwelling? Upwelling. U-P-W-E-L-L-I-N-G. American Girls. It's on iTunes. 
doesn't that blow your mind when you just hear a song that's like so good but the I'm band like, never like what is never this song off, and like, how has it not been in at least like a cool movie or something like it's just it's so great so great but yeah because when i was thinking of like recent songs or whatever i'm sure i could find a song that came out like you know within the last six months or something but like this is just like once i heard it i was like oh i'm gonna play it again on my way home and this I'm is really like, good it's great like uh thank uh, you yeah thank you. you i mean like right like you're just like uh-huh uh-huh oh shit yes 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 it's fantastic i like songs that you feel like you're on a ride you know and there's a part where he goes where he talks about going to prom with a black eye and it's just like woof. it's just so cool so good oh only one album too and Man. a song about girls i mean like i love songs like that was my old favorite like I used to have a Mr. T experience t-shirt that just said songs about girls. And I was just like, this is what I, lo I love. I was the lonely depressed dude at this time. And I just loved songs about drinking and girls. And it just like, you just got me. If you wrote a song about drinking and girls and how you fucked it up because of drinking, I was like, I'm sign me up. I will, I will, I will buy your album. I'll go to your concerts. Let's go. <laughs> All right. What is your all time favorite song? <sighs> 1979 by the smashing pumpkins. I think it's oh, like the most perfect. It's the most perfect song <laughs> of all time. There's something about that song. It's just like it's per to me. It's like it's perfect. It brings me back to that time. Uh, it just reminds me of just like driving around with my buddies, like with nowhere to go in Indiana. Um, I, 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 it's a, I, I think Billy Corgan's a little bit of a weirdo, but man, oh man. Well, I mean, you like, know him. He's been on your show. Yeah, and... he, comes on, he quote unquote comes on my show all the time. Um, but I, yeah, I think he's a goofball with uh, some of the wrestling stuff and, and just stuff in general. But like, I, I cannot deny it's like, the, it's to me, it's my favorite. So it's, it's my favorite song of all time. It's a good one. I don't like yeah. Smashing Pumpkins, but there's like yeah. three songs and that's one. That's I'm good. not a huge Smashing Pumpkins fan. If you, if there was like, you know, would I would I rather go see them or Alkaline Trio? I'd go see Alkaline Trio, which I know most people would be like, "What are you crazy?" But um, no, I, I. But this song is just like I remember the first time I heard it, saw the video. I'm like, it's it's just like it just gets me. There's just something about it that just gets me. I know it's no, not I, the same band, but I saw Zwan mm -hmm. live and I hated it. And I hated yeah. Billy Corgan on stage. And I was like, I don't like I, you. <laughs> you know, he can't. I, you can't find that stuff online. I don't know if it was like an IT. I think he's like buried it. Um, but when I used on? to go, when I, yeah, I don't think you can find, I don't know if you could find it on like iTunes or, or no, uh, I didn't, I haven't looked on purpose. I, I wanted to listen to some <laughs> the other day and uh, I was like, oh, maybe then you can. Oh, and never mind. I'm, it's on Spotify. Maybe it's that doesn't look iTunes. like their album though. Is, is it? that them? Because I was in that song, honestly. That I wanted to hear that song, honestly. Because like Swan, this is not them. No, because it felt like a more electronic smashing pumpkins. And um, when I used to go to uh, wrestling shows at the Allstate, he was always he would always be there. And uh, we'd always sit in like the same section where you get tickets from your buddies who work there. And he had all his one with him one time. He had the new band. So I felt he was like, this is a, a team building exercise. We're going to go to the boss's favorite activity, pro wrestling. So let's go, Zwan. Did, did you so know that, that, Danny? I didn't did he, know he was a wrestling fan. Oh, he, well, no, no. Well, he owns yeah, the National he, Wrestling Alliance. He the which is NWA, like, yeah. Yeah. But okay. Swan is a, the guy in Swan. Uh, there's a fun story where Billy was like sleeping on the tour bus. And I think he 
snuck Billy's BlackBerry and forwarded his then girlfriend a bunch of emails at the time to uh, <laughs> fuck his fuck his world up, which I think he did. I think that was the end of either that guy or the end of the band. Well, I remember also when I saw them, it was 89X Stool Christmas and it was Boxcar Racer, Good Charlotte's, The Used, The Vines, and then Zwan. And I'm like, Zwan, you are not welcome. Yeah, here. Yeah, one of these bands aren't like the other. I think he was probably just like, what can I get this band on? What kind of show? And it's like, you can, you can do our show, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But there was a couple of those singles that I liked. I only I only said come on when he said that because of because at Billy yeah. is a, no, man. Is I, a buddy I on the show. Them, but fuck man. My it's my favorite song. I'll never get sick of that song. Okay. I I'm I was looking up Swan Swan yeah. stuff and I got yeah. away from the list here. What the is your go to yeah? <laughs> What's your go to karaoke song? So I I uh, don't do karaoke. I've never done karaoke. <gasps> but I know, I know. Um but I think as a comedian, I'd want to be silly. I'd want to do a silly song and I can't sing. So I would do uh, Toby Keith's. I want to talk about me. Uh, Cause I used to work at a, a bar in Indiana that the song was played constantly. And I know it like, you know how, you know, songs and you're like, I don't want to know this song as well as. Oh I yeah. Do. No, totally. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I think I could, I think I could uh, have some fun doing karaoke to that song. And I think people would be like, well, what is this song? And I'd be like, I know, don't worry. We're doing this in a fun way. <laughs> so. oh no i no that would be hysterical i yeah. feel like okay what song makes you want to get up and dance uh dancing on my own by robin i think is the greatest dance song of all time i fucking yeah. love that song so much uh and i i told this song i told the story on another podcast but i was a i did a show uh at a, a gay bar in chicago there's a, a neighborhood right next door to mine that's it's just the it's like the one of the oldest uh, historically gay neighborhoods in the country. And that song came on and I saw everybody dancing and I was like, I like got it. I'm like, man, oh man, it was like a magical moment. And uh, it's just a perfect, perfect dance song. Robin is the best, not famous pop artist. there, Right. Is. I, like, I, I watched famous, a video. But... Yeah. But not, but I watched, I watched a video about that song. I think it's the, the guy's like threat trash theory on youtube does really great does one about smashing pumpkins 1979 also about how it's like a nostalgic song but talked about how that song was the one where like everybody after that song came out your Katy perry's your your, every pop singer was like i want this this is what the next album has to sound like and um yeah that was just like that that was just to me a no-brainer i i actually owned that like robin is here 1995 oh like, yeah i bought i bought that yeah because i was that was like peak uh pop music for me i was sure. like spice girls let's go like i yeah not buy, unash- you're unashamed you're like you're buying what they're selling at that yeah age. like i love it i got um, into robin late I, I know body talk and i've heard honey i've never listened to that first one from 1995 i should check yeah. it out this is but that this is like peak robin just like the best that's actually so Robin is not like a super mainstream artist, and that's mm-hmm. the second time in 35 episodes that a Robin song hey. has been in someone's guest mix. So that's that says something. I was think. that was that the first Toby Keith? Yes, yes. it was. <laughs> Congratulations. Your, your you. award Thank is you in the, gonna, will be in the mail. I appreciate it. <laughs> I don't know how many people we're gonna get on the show who Toby Keith is in there. 
I, you know, listen, Rolodex. I, I no. have a uh, when I Sarah. That's how Sarah knows I've been drinking a lot when I come home and play old country music videos that used to play at the bar I worked at, and uh, we we get into some Toby Keith territory because it's so bad. It's it's like I I just I'm like oddly like a like a mosquito going to a, a, a light that I know is going to kill me. I'm like, why do why am I like why do I want to watch this? But it's just it's it's so crazy. And in that video, he's wearing a sweater. If you watch the Toby Keith video for I Want to Talk About Me, he wears a, a turtleneck sweater that is hilarious. <laughs> just hilarious. I don't know that song, but that's okay, oh, I think. <laughs> you know it. You just haven't heard it in a while. Yeah, you've definitely heard You lived in Lenaway County long enough. You've no definitely heard that you song. Don't know this song, living where you guys live. No way. I've heard Beer for My Horses. Anyways, really at the beginning, if I want to, I want to talk about me and you'll go, oh, this fucking song. <laughs> okay, uh, a couple more. Yes. What is the most unexpected song on your playlist? And this, so I have a little spiel about this. Sure. This is, um, this is like a stand-in for guilty pleasures. Like some okay. people might say, "What's your guilty pleasure?" But we don't say that because, yeah, on B sides, we think that you're allowed to listen to whatever. I the have fuck you no want guilt. To. I have no guilt about this yeah. song. Uh, but when I tell people how much I love it, they're like, "Wow, you really like, like this song." Um, but being an Alkaline Trio fan, I think it might make sense. Um, Since You've Been Gone by Kelly Clarkson. Is oh, like it's amazing. It's a good song. fucking banger. It's, yeah. it's like, I love it. Any Anytime this, anytime I can shoehorn that into a question about music of like, what's a song that you, you know, an unexpected song. It's just like, oh, it's Piece of Cake, Since You've Been Gone by Kelly Clarkson. It's perfect. The energy in that song is yep. insane. That could have been on my song that makes me want to dance also. Yeah, uh, I could have. That could have been interchangeable. These two songs could have been interchangeable. <laughs> okay, what is your perfect concert lineup? So this is three to five musicians, bands, or artists, living or dead, any era. Yes. So any era. So this was. So I'm so glad that we that you did like any era. Yeah. Um, oh no, you because, could have bands that wouldn't be together. Sure. You could sure. have a. You could have you know, David Lee Roth, Van Halen, yeah. and Van Hagar on the same bill. Sure. Like, Which. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, if you got to be I, such a huge Van Halen fan, if you're like Sammy Hager, uh, Van Halen <laughs> uh, with David Lee Roth and Van Halen with him. Um, no, I got uh, I got uh, Guns N' Roses from uh, Appetite for Destruction era. Yeah. Uh, or a little after uh, when they were just just the best. I just thought that classic was like just era. Such, yeah. a, such a great band. Um, and I would also love uh, Alkaline Trio from this era. Uh, from around the the private eye or from around the uh, 2000s or even even like even maybe before this album just to see them like before they really figured it out and only had a you know a certain amount of songs to play or whatever uh, I thought that would be very fun uh, and I was like really thinking about uh, some of the other bands I like but I have a I have a band that's like really means a lot to me because of like I used to listen to the eels when my mom and sister both passed away uh, so the Eels would be my uh, my other my third band, which is like Eels. one of those where people would be they did like Novocaine for the Soul and uh, it's just one of those you know them you don't yeah. um, but like to me it's just it's just such a like personal band that it just is like means so much to me where it's like I get my Guns and Roses because I just as a kid I I knew it was like dangerous music and I'd watch like Headbangers Ball and be like these guys are even I remember watching Patience I'm like. These guys still kind of scare me and it's like a sweet song 
Um, and then seeing the Alkaline Trio, like trying to capture some of that when I saw them in like 2000, because it was just like, I I wish I had like, uh, uh, you know, someone had recorded that and I could go back and watch it on like VHS or something to see how, how fun they were. Um, but yeah, Eels is just like, that to me, it would just be like, if it's just a concert for me and stuff, that would be it. Well, I mean, we'll probably come too, but I mean, it's you're yeah. booking it for sure. Oh, the three of us, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> what's the what's the lineup? This seems weird. Um, Who's yeah. Opening? Well, if we're doing three, because I mean, if also if, if we're doing like three to five, um, I, I would have, uh, you know, if I was going to add a couple more, or whatever, just come on and do a couple songs. I'd have Prince do like that Super Bowl medley he did. Ooh. Uh, and then I would have, uh, and then I would have. Um, I'm trying to think if I would have like, you know, maybe maybe have Dolly Parton come out and do a couple songs just to kind of add a little female energy to it. But uh, I think I'd open with Guns N' Roses. Um, that and would then I piss think, him off. Well, that's another reason. It's <laughs> before, I'm sorry, it's before 11, Axel. You got to fucking go first. Um, but I think that would just be the way to start it. And then I think I would uh, I would uh, have uh, Alkaline Trio play some songs, and maybe I'd have uh, Prince do that little little melody and then uh maybe dolly sing a couple songs and have the eels take it home i like it cool yeah i don't know i feel like prince should end the show though with that melody you know everyone's going home smiling and like oh yeah but i still like it (laughs) i mean any one of those bands could uh it's just wild headline it doesn't you know every i'm sure a lot of people have like the a band that they're just like I know it's not like they're not the everybody's pick or whatever, but like, yeah, for me, the Eels is just, that's, they're just my, one of my favorite bands, especially seeing them live. They're great live. No. Yeah. No, you should have something that's on there. That's like, like a personal thing. Like, I, I think that that makes sense. I think when yeah. we both did it, we both had stuff that was like weird and specific to, to us, you know, no mm-hmm. one want, maybe not as many people would want to see it as much as we would want to see it kind of thing. So not saying anything about the eels, just, you know what I mean? Like it's very mm-hmm. specific. So I yep. had Slipknot and Peter Gabriel next to each other. So I, mean, <laughs> I would love to see them collaborate. Like I think that would be interesting. He would probably be like, Oh yeah, that's I, I did stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, and then the last question, which is your, which is the the special one just for you. Yeah. If you were a professional wrestler, what would your entrance theme be? Oh. I should say, hold on, I need to reframe this. Yeah. When you make your return to the ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What will your entrance theme be? This was a tough one, and I, I had thought about it, and I get so jealous when, and in 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 wrestling, um, you know on the and the lower levels like the independence you can come out to whatever you want because there's no like oh we don't have the rights to that song or whatever um and there's uh danny i don't know if you there's a wrestler named nick gage who comes out to metallica to whom the bells toll and it's like i'm so jealous that i never thought of that doing backyard wrestling because <laughs> i would always go through like metallica we'd always have like metallica albums and and all these uh and all these different uh different songs but for me, I think back to when I was, uh, you know, uh, wrestling in my basement and uh, and I was, you know, just like a like a, a real cool rocker type wrestler. You know, I was like the third rocker. Uh, I was kind of like not quite Marty Jannetty, but not quite Shawn Michaels. And uh, I would come out to Youth Gone Wild by Skid Row. That's and I just I felt like uh, I feel like we're we're due for somebody doing like a, an '80s, you know, kind of a throwback gimmick, and and coming out to Youth Gone Wild would just be, just fantastic. 
I feel like Tony Storm's kind of doing that. She but, could do that, yeah. yeah. Hey, I mean, not the song, but Youth yeah. Gone Wild would be, uh, yeah. That was my. That was. Uh, that might have been the name of one of my wrestlers on the like, where you send in to the magazines. Youth Gone Wild might have been the name of one of my wrestlers. But I would, I, I would dress like gothy, like Gangrel, mm-hmm. and then I would come out to Dancing on My Own by Robin. <laughs> I mean, that's not bad. But uh, it, or there was, I feel like Josh could Josh could sort of back this up. A couple of years ago, it got real popular to come out to like kitschy songs. You know, like everybody was like Air Fox would come out to the Space Jam song, and, and um, Ace Romero would come out to uh, what was he, what was the one he'd come out to? People were coming out to like eighties power ballads and stuff. Like well, it got I, rem- I remember, who was it? Uh, and the first time I experienced it was at a show you were at. It was at, I think it was probably at the AAW show. I'm like I met you at for yeah. the first time. Oh yeah, because uh, there were so many people like, uh, in that era coming out to like fun songs. Also, I thought about uh, Lita Ford's "Kiss Me Deadly" would be another. Yeah another great one that should be tony storm's theme song yeah that, no, would, totally. be, that would be a banger okay um, wait you got to help me think of who this yeah, yeah, is yeah, i'll look it up uh, too, it came out to ain't, ain't nobody by shaka khan and Ruf- rufus that uh, was that was uh uh kill, not kill shot or yeah, yeah kill shot, kill shot? From, from from lucha underground shane strickland well, what's his Swerve. yeah shane strickland Isaiah Swerve. Swerve Scott. Um, okay i was like he has too many gimmicks i can't remember what his name is yeah so let's see, Ace Romero theme song. It's it's um, it's not "Don't Stop Believing." Uh, it is. Oh, see what sucks is when these guys have to go to different companies. Uh oh, from the uh, out the outfield, your love. I don't want to lose your love tonight, and the crowd would just go wild. And yeah, it was he was he's Ace Romero. Danny is about or was about 400 pounds, probably about five foot nine, just this massive dude. And he'd come out to that song and just start, when it would kick in, he would start walking to the ring. And it was like one of the coolest intros of all time. <laughs> and he, he was that big, but he would, he could move, he can move at the ring. Uh, like he's not that big. Like he's awesome. it's wild. He is awesome. But yeah, that's like, you know, it's, it's such a hard song too. Cause in comedy too, they're like, what song do you want us to play when you go up? And I'm like, I don't know. Like most places just play the same things usually or whatever. There's like the guy at the laugh factory always plays mother by dancing for me. And I'm always like, all right, whatever. <laughs> Something about me screams play mother by dancing. I'm like, okay. <laughs> that's funny. Well, yeah, that's the guest mix. Um, Marty, it was so good having Thank you on. You. Thank um, you for having me. Glad we were able to, to finally do this. It was um, all right. Yeah. I'm kidding. It was all right. <laughs> Uh, get hey. Danny more into wrestling. It's going to be a, a real wild time in the world of pro wrestling. So Danny, I'm good. I'll check out your other podcast. Great time to jump in. <laughs> Actually, so I will say that Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling is a great podcast for someone who's not super into wrestling. Because honestly, at this point, I could, I would, you guys could talk about wallpaper and I would listen to it because that's how, that's just how entertaining you are. Like, it doesn't matter. And there, there were a lot of episodes where you like, there were no, there were like barely any buddies. And it was like, I don't care. This is still great. I love it. So, COVID and stuff, wrestling got, you know, it's, it's, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. And you, you guys navigate the weird stuff really well too. So that's, which, which, (laughs) we appreciate stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anytime talking about Alkaline Trio, it's uh, my pleasure. And uh, I'm going to go back and listen. I'm going to listen to those drums. Danny, I hope you didn't ruin uh, 
It's just that splash. It's just it's too prominent. All like, right. Splash is needed, sure, but just chill on it, bro. I will. Chill. I will uh, I'll email. I'll email you, Josh, with my uh, my re-review of listening okay. to uh, okay. some of this album. But uh, <laughs> thanks for having me on. And well, uh, so yeah. before you leave, though, uh, tell people where they can find. That's. I was sorry. I was trying to lead you into plugs. Oh yeah, Marty uh, and Sarah love wrestling. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, it's yeah, it's not super wrestling heavy. And then uh, also make us a mixtape wherever you get your. Uh, that's more. What do you do on that one? We just have buddies come in and make us a five song mix. Can uh, I be honest or, sometime? Absolutely. Yeah, both of you guys love can. to do that. Um, if we if we do some, uh, you know, who knows? We have to go back inside for COVID or whatever. We'll uh, we'll do some more uh, Zoom shows or whatever. Um, and then every once in a while, if it's just me and my buddy Paul, we'll have like topics. We'll give each other. We'll do a year or, you know, uh, just certain topics or whatever to uh, to fill out our own five songs. So. We've been having a streak of people who don't really know much about music. And I'm just like, we can't, we got to have people who know who are passionate about music where people are like, Oh no. Like when people don't care about music much, we get like an oldie. We get like a current song. We get, it's like always the same. And they're always, I'm like, why do you like this song? They're like, Oh no, I just like it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I want people <laughs> who are passionate about music and, um, and who, uh, and who really, you know, have a have thought behind why like we had a guest on and there i'm like they're like oh play play the fourth song first and i'm like that's not how this works like when you make a mix for somebody just like i was talking about with the alkaline trio album like there's an art to where you put these songs and i was like oh yeah you've already you've already pissed me off by by making it where you're like um oh yeah play that song next i'm like that's not how it works so uh, if you're if you're into that, make us a mixtape or into uh, wrestling or or just uh, shenanigans. Marty and Sarah love wrestling. Is there a place we can see your comedy anywhere online? Uh, I have an album on iTunes called Live from Parts Unknown. Oh, so if you got uh, and it should be on Spotify. It's on everything at this point. So Live from Parts Unknown. It's uh, I think it's pretty uh, pretty fun. I like I. Uh, it's very good, and I'm like I'm a stand up comedy snob, and, and it's it's very good. I don't think I'll ever be able to do that good on an album. So, uh, check it out. It's my it's my uh, it's my uh, goddamn it. We okay. were I it was a big re- big regret of mine. We were like trying to logistically figure out how to come ah, to like the recording, so nice. and, and it didn't work out. But well, but yeah, eight hundred shows in Chicago, great. so I'm sure I'll see you at uh, at one of them coming up. Oh yeah, no, we'll, we'll be out there as soon as it Excellent. gets a little less delta e outside. We'll be uh, Danny. We'll be in it was Chicago. a pleasure to to meet a fellow tatted up trio fan. Go crazy, get, just get that coffin. Club. Get that I'm coffin. Going to. <laughs> yeah, Josh. I don't know. Is there a motors? Is there a uh, Motion City soundtrack tattoo or? Yeah, get the, the the yeah. So he already has the dinosaur. Well, there you go. Okay. Awesome. And my AFI. Oh, you're all. You're just like every a NASCAR. Just fucking all. This oh, arm's all horror movies. Yeah. This one's all bands. <laughs> Excellent. I love it. That's what you got to do. So then later you can go, yeah, you know, I got this tattoo. What are you going to do? Nah. <laughs> love them all. Love them all. Don't regret one of them. Should we do Are our you? quickly weekly rewind? Go, go, go. Go ahead, Danny. I only got three. I'm going to steal one. I know you have. Yeah, I know. Uh, go ahead for it. Bruno Mars, Anderson Pack, Silk Sonic's new song, Skate. It's a jam to skate to. Like, I just want to skate. Have you been skating? No, but oh. <laughs> and then uh, the new Angels and Airwaves. The music video is hilarious for I, the song "Losing My Mind." I didn't I listen to the song right away. I listened, to, watched the video, and I was like, "Oh man, 
I'm I put it on mine, but I'm like in the middle about it because I don't um I don't know how I feel about like the verses where he's like singing all like a robot. But then when he goes into the chorus, like the chorus is good. I'm like, what Tom Did stop you being see so the weird. Video? Yeah. Just like so them when he's dancing trying all to over. be like, no, he's tr- like he's with a TikTok trend kid, and the kid's trying to show him how to be famous on TikTok, and then he's still doing his like spread my legs open. I'm a pop yeah. punk guy, I don't know what I'm doing, old man. And then the new song by the Bronx. I'm very excited about this new Bronx album, Mexican Summer. That's all I've got. Not a lot of songs this week I cared about. Is there any chance that Tom goes back to Blink-182? Yeah. Oh, yeah. With so, everything going on with happens, Mark right now? I mean, now's the time. But what happens to Matt? Well, they could do it too. A couple songs with Matt, a couple songs with I, Tom. I'd say become a four-piece. Or just, you know, sometimes it happens. But and actually... Like, Hear me out. Can you imagine how good a song would be with Tom singing and then Matt on the chorus? Hey, that would be kind of a sick fun. song. Very fun. I I saw something recently. Um, I don't know if you know this, but Mark has like a big like Twitch presence. And he yeah. like he was I don't remember what he's doing. I think he was like doing putting some model together or something and he's doing it. And then he pulls out his phone and he looks at it like this, like an old man, he like pulls it away from his head. He goes, Oh, Tom's Tom DeLong's texting me. And the look, the laugh uh, and the look on his face as he was reading the text was like, Oh, they love each other again. I'm so happy. Like, yeah. and not that I don't like Matt. Like I just, I want blink to be together. They even, I mean, even Mark said it, they make the best music in that version of them, you know? So, plus I like neighborhoods. So I, I don't mind the, Blink stuff that also kind of sounds like AVA. So I I did like um, whatever the uh, the alkaline tree or the the uh, the Blink song uh, where they're all the kids in school. I can't remember the video. I don't care what you say. No, I don't. I don't I'm know. going to the dark side with me. I can't remember if that they was were it doing like the dances. The it's dark side. I'm pretty sure. Is that it? Okay. And I was like, and then I also heard. Uh, somebody at a at a bar, you know, you'd be drinking in bars and talking about music and stuff. Somebody said that uh, that uh, someone saw a, a check or something that that Matt got for Blink One Eighty Two, and it blew their fucking mind how much it was for. Oh yeah, he makes bank. Like yeah. that's it's his like, money roll right now. Enjoy, enjoy, my friend. <laughs> All right, what songs you got? Uh, so the so I had those two, and then the the one I also so Meet Me at the Altar had another good another new song called Brighter Days. And then are before us in parentheses, which is pretty good. If you like the other stuff that they've put out, it's very similar. And then I I texted you about this. You and, did, um, and I liked it. But so, like you, uh, I so Marty, since you're here, I will I will tell you that my my previous opinion of Billie Eilish is why while she is very talented, and I it, that's very obvious to me. Mm-hmm. Whisper singing is not for me. Like it's just I don't like it, and. And the title track off her new album, Happier Than Ever, she whisper sings the first half. It's like a four-minute song. The first two minutes are whispery, but they're a little bit louder than normal. And I'm like, okay. And it was a little bit louder than normal enough that I kept listening. And then the second, and it's and it's a song about like a shitty relationship. So it's like an emotional song. The second half of that song, she sings with her like full voice. And I'm like, you need to do this on every song. What are you doing? I had my like Billie Eilish old man breakthrough. I'm yeah. like, I get it, <laughs> but you need to do this more. This is do this. 
Yeah, you know? that's how I felt when we were at the Limp Biscuit concert. The the band that opened had a female lead singer, and it was very like uh, Danny won't get this, but it was a very NXT type of band song. You know, <laughs> yeah. there's a wrestling yeah. company where they have all these like. How would you describe the bands that they always have as like? It's the official song of this, you know, the Great American Bash, and it's like, um, I mean, it's they like use... Radio Metalcore, like okay, okay, yeah, and it was like real screamy and and heavy, and I was like, I like this is just not for me, but like she's crushing it up there, and I, you know, I'm just like it's just not my thing, but good honor, she was crushing it, but it was it was very all I kept thinking was, and like no one around would understand. I'm like, oh, you wouldn't understand, you wouldn't understand, but it's very like NXT, like. Well, what is the way you guys just what's what's the parody song that you always Sarah talk calls about? the band Black Fire Trucks? Yeah, and their, and their song is uh, "Stand Up and Show Them You're Big." Yeah, <laughs> I I feel like it. Yeah, no, I. Uh, Danny knows what we're talking about, but I, it's hard to explain. Yeah, but he definitely knows. Yeah, it's what is that? Orange code orange. Code orange, yeah, code orange. That's is a popular the, one of those where it's very they're very like heavy metal. Like they would be on. I wish Fuse was still around. Like a lot of people are like, "Oh, MTV," but I think I thought Fuse was so interesting because they played so many bands that were like, "What is this band?" And it was very yeah. much of that alternative press era. And um, the last, like, it's so funny for me. Like the last time I think I ever watched, I used to get Fuse on my old uh, uh, cable package or whatever. And I had a buddy who wrote for the they were doing their like VMAs and um, he wrote like the monologue, he wrote jokes on the monologue and it was like two dudes from man. Oh man. Uh, Simple plan. I think were the hosts. and normally Mark Hoppus used to host it and he was a great host, I guess. Was it Pierre? What is that? Yeah. 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 Him and there was two guys and uh, like they were going to, the whole bit was they were going to go to Mark Hoppus's house and he was going to tell them how to host and they were going to run back and stuff. They're airing all of this and none of the sound is on. You hear them and they like made him redo the monologue, which was terrible. It was like death. But the whole time it was like the alternative press, uh, like video music awards sponsored by journey shoes fueled by monster energy. And they had <laughs> to say that the whole time. And then all the dudes that would come out knew you could like cuss on TV. So they'd just be like, fuck yeah motherfuckers we're so fucking happy to win this fucking award it was like by the halfway point it was like just stop like don't curse it was just so funny so if you could ever find that on youtube it's a a hit so you saw spirit box yes i did they're the ones that are opening for limp biscuit i don't get spirit boxes sudden surge of are they blowing pop. up now because i was wondering, like, like how how i get i get that they had they're very smart have a, a band with the female singer oh, well very, they sound like evanescence to me a little, like, yeah. on recording yeah. i don't i haven't seen them live they might be heavier but we're like right now in the metal community people are like oh you gotta fucking love spirit box right now and i'm like they're okay they, like, i felt so bad for them because um if like if this is the stage limp biscuit had shit oh they basically got to perform like <laughs> here like the edge. it was so funny and they were like normally we have more room and this and that but it was and they were cool and they were like we know you want to see limp biscuit we're just gonna get these songs out of the way real quick and then we're gonna watch with you it, they played it they they played that part perfect of like we know you don't want to see us we know you want to see the band from you know 20 years ago we're you know we probably don't know who we are blah 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 but like we're gonna you know we're doing this and so i give them i give them all the credit in the world for that but yeah it was just not my 
not my thing, but I would not want to play that crowd. I'm sure they want to break stuff. I was very (laughs) surprised how uh, respectful everyone was. I was like, man, if this was 99, there would have been a whole lot of different chants going on. (laughs) And uh, they, they, yeah, they, everybody was real chill with them. Um, There were two TVs on the side of the stage at each side and they had the lyrics for Limp Bizkit. Do people need those? I mean, I needed. I, it was fun for a couple. I go, oh, that's what they said there. And then <laughs> towards the end, uh, Fred and uh, the bass player got acoustic guitars, and it was like I, I left. I left. Did they that. play behind blue eyes then? Yeah, I go. I didn't. I wasn't around for that one, but they played. Uh, they were doing a really terrible version of "I'll Melt with You," and I was like. I can't. I'm, I gotta go. I said to my buddy, he goes, I go, I'm, I gotta go. He goes, you leave. And I go, I gotta go. This is, I'm, I can't stick around for this. It was, I know like, this no. podcast is going on too long, but yes. I remember when Gothica came out, the movie. Yeah. And that was the song for it, Behind Blue Eyes by Limp Bizkit. I was like, I don't know why I like this song, but I shouldn't like this song. I know. That's, that's how I felt about the whole night, but when they were, and it was like, just like dicking around on the acoustic guitars. I'm just like, this is my cue. I'm going to beat the crowd and I'm going to get out of here. So. <laughs> I'll leave All you right. with that story. Smart. That's very smart of you. Well, thank you for being on. <laughs> yeah, again, thanks so much. Marty. Thanks for having me, guys. And I just want to say it's been so hard for me to not pick your brain about wrestling. This <laughs> two and a half hours we've been on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I had to say that on air because yes. it's just yeah. We can, uh, we can it's been hard out. for me not to talk about music knowing you have a mixtape podcast. Yeah, man. We'll have to we'll I'm gonna listen to him now. There you go. Thanks so you much. Should, man. It's good. Thank you. All right, boys. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for listening, podcast or listeners. It's time to flip the record over. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beside Ourselves. Beside Ourselves is written and recorded by Danny Lowens and Josh Schramm. Beside Ourselves is available on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. If you like the show, please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. You can follow and interact with us on Instagram and Twitter at B underscore side pod if you have an album or music topic you want us to cover on a future episode be sure to slide into those dms and let us know the intro music for today's show is by chris porter and the outro music is by former critics